Guten afternoon, family. Welcome to Shumimasen, the podcast of culture and of the future. Today is a special one. It is part one of a two-part series we are calling the Dungeons and Degenerates Special. As always, I'm your host, guys, and we have Ray and Tello. Hello, boys. Hey, boys. Hello, how are you guys? Going? Hello, hello. More <laughs> excitingly than these two absolute degenerates, today we have a professional dungeon master with us and a very, very good friend of myself. We call him Vitz. We call him Voice in the Sky. We also call him Max in real life. Hello, hello, Max. How are we? Hey, y'all. Hey, Max. How are you? <laughs> Doing good today. Doing good yeah? today. How is it in Singapore, Max? Really hot as usual. Yeah, fuck. I bet. Is it monsoon season yet? Not really. Not, not really. So, so it's in just getting month, humid yeah. leading up to the monsoon season. Yeah, in the bottom month, I think. <laughs> that's crazy. Because that's like humid hot, right? That's like... Oh, it's fucking worse. Yeah. Tillich from Malaysia. Do you do you remember monsoon season in Malaysia, T? Oh mate, don't get me started. Of course I remember. It's insane, right? Like it's like one day it's sunny and then it just pours for like five days nonstop. It just it just feels so wet. You're just like, how can this place suddenly get so wet? I know, I know. And the humidity actually makes you feel like you can't breathe. Like genuinely, whenever I go back from NZ, I like can't breathe for the first day. Like I feel like I can't breathe. It's like, That'll oh be... my god, the air feels heavy. Oh, Is that worse now with all the mandatory mask wearing and all that shit? That would be worse. Imagine oh, humid fuck. air and in mask as well. Just like, what the That's fuck? That's basically what's happening now, yeah. Is That's it mandatory fuck. in Singapore, like, everywhere, uh, Max? Or yep, is it just, it's like, still oh, mandatory. Right. So, the minute you step out of the house? Basically. I oh, imagine... I thought as well. Well, the thing is, like, NZ, you know, we, I mean, let's be honest, the land to, like, population ratio is not, is not very dense, right? So, like, you can probably get away with not wearing and going to the park and shit. Mm. But Singapore's, like, fucking, you know, the same amount of people as NZ in the size of, like, Lake Topo, meaning oh, that, true. like, you go out, you're going to see someone, bro. Like, the chances <laughs> are there's going to be, like, five people in front of you, and, like, it makes sense that you would have to wear a mask, like, everywhere, right? Yeah. That's true, that's true. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah, no, nah, it's it's insane. I could I don't know if I could go back. It's just so hot, man. It's so hot. It's I saw life. Doing some it's just mm. our life here. Yeah, mm. I but uh, I think people get used to it, right? Like after a while, you like three months or so, you probably just adapt. You kind of have to. To be fair, like coming from London, like during summer where there was a heat wave. Mm. Um, in general, it was okay. Like it was obviously hot, but when you mm. try to catch the the underground trains, holy fuck! Like the, the is it real like dense and yucky in there? Dude, really it's buggy. just humid, hot, and it's like oh. the trains are obviously really hot as well. And oh. there's like people fainting in train stations and shit because it just gets no shit, hot. really. Yeah. Wow. Because it's what so, about it's the so... ventilation and like the AC and all nah, that? Nah, no, no, because most most of the trains don't really have AC. There's like ventilation, but it's not like air conditioned because it's underground, right? Um, yeah. So because it's so clustered, because everyone's going to work and all the stuff, especially on the weekends, it gets so busy that certain lines. Just the, the the temperature is hotter in the trains than there's outside. That's crazy. Right. So That's it's crazy. like it's like you go down and you're basically like in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> but does does that happen in like SG or like Malaysia or anything as well? Like in Hong Kong and stuff? I don't think it's that cheap. I don't think Hong Kong uh, is. Hot. Well, I, I've never heard of someone fainting in Singapore from the heat, to be honest. But at the same time, I've, well, I've that never heard of like army. Yeah, exactly. Army. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I also haven't heard about it to like I have I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if I heard about it. Oh, I'm like, yeah, actually, oh, shit. Yeah. Actually, hang on, Max. Were you in the army as well? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's how we met, actually. That's how um, I know Max. We met in the oh, army. Sure. Same with Ash. Um, Ash from, what, two, three episodes ago was um, part of like our little crew of gamers. But we all played like very different games at the point, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, Max was the one who... I think it was Max or Ash who introduced me to Bioware. Um, which is oh wow, uh, no, it yeah. was probably me because yeah. Ash was a really big like just pure Japanese games gamer right back then. Oh, <laughs> full weeb. Yeah, yeah, like right a full weeb. And, like <laughs> it was me. It was me and another one of our friends called Matthew that was like, no, 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 bro. You oh have my to try, god! Like, yes. Bioware, Mass Effect, and shit like that. Yeah, and, and then he did a whole obsession with it. Oh my god, man! It's been yeah, like, what? he did, and then it kind of like opened his eyes to the to... Western side of things. I think. <laughs> that thing. was 10 years ago now almost 10 yeah, years, ago. 10 years um, ago no no it was 10 years ago now it was now. 10 years ago yeah yeah so yeah i've That's not met for a while <laughs> we, we actually um it was it was actually through gaming all in the army like it was just a, gr- a group of us who just play games and then you know gamers like tend to yeah, end up talking together. to each other about games and shit yeah that's that's literally how it is and then we just um stayed in contact on like messenger ever since but yeah it's 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 been a it's been a decade, which is insane because that means we're old as fuck, man. I'm I'm trying to picture you guys in like service playing games at the same time. I just can't put it together. So <laughs> so like in the army, right? That we have what we call duties. So like you have to like stay there overnight or whatever, right? And right. like all we Can did, well, well, all I did was bring my PS3 in during these overnight things and fucking jam like <laughs> literally like eight hours through the night of um I don't know. What what you whatever game is. Bro, it's so good, man. <laughs> yeah, but if, if someone attacked us, we'll, we'll probably die um, and, and lo- lose the war instantly because I'll be, like, jet uh, sleep-lagged. But, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it. Because these duties, you sit in an air-conditioned room and you just fucking plug your co- uh, PS3 and then you just play games. <laughs> it's so good. It was actually yep. so good. I don't think the army that Max and I went through was the same army that most people go through, I'm going to be honest, uh, because we Singapore. was pretty shit. But at the same time, it was pretty chill in some aspects. Hmm? Yeah, in Singapore, where else? <laughs> I'm trying to compare what other army. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking where else, bro? Yeah, like, I, I, but to be fair, I don't know about um, you know other other armies in the world. I know they're probably not as easy. Um, I, think, I think we had it pretty easy, Max. I I would say so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty chill. So. Pretty chill. <laughs> Um, all right, before we we go off on our usual 45 tangents, we should probably get back into this D&D special, um, which, by the way, means Dungeons and Degenerates, as I have said already. Um, Max, <laughs> the first you know, the first thing we need to actually understand, because, like, for example, uh, T- Telek and I have never, ever touched Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I've played Dungeons & Dragons online, but I don't think it's the same thing. And Raymond, I think, has tried it a bit, like a really small fraction. What is D&D? Like, we see it in, you know, movies, we see it in TV shows, but it's always that classic kind of, like, cliche trope mm-hmm. of, like, oh, let's laugh at these, you know, quote-unquote geeks who are playing, playing like, a role-playing game and shit. And it's always yeah. that kind of, like, bullshit cliche. But it's so big now, I feel, that we can't just... I mean, it's not that we can't ignore it, it's that it shouldn't be that, you know? It's almost mainstream now, in a way. Um, so w- what is D&D? Uh, well, first of all, it is not... Actually, Dungeons and Degenerates. <laughs> it is I think Dungeons it should be. <laughs> it, it is Dungeons and Dragons, but I can yeah. see why you would call it Dungeons and Degenerates yes, for yes. this group in particular. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so, what is D and I think this is a question that if you ask most DMs out there, they all hmm. have a different answer. Yes, but for okay. me, 
I would say that I see it as it is a tabletop role playing game yes. or TTRPG, but mostly I would say it's interactive storytelling. At least the way I DM, I would say it's interactive storytelling. Sure. So I essentially the idea is I throw my players into what is like a sandbox, like a world, my world. Okay. And you basically there there will be things for you to do, like quests and stuff, but you will you because it's a sandbox, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, and you help me to tell the story that I'm trying to tell. Like, if we're doing a campaign with, let's say, 10 sessions, yeah. 20 sessions, then I have an overall story to tell, and I will tell it from my perspective, but because you are players and characters in the story, you tell it along with me based off your actions and based on what you do and what you say. So it's because of that that I also prefer to call D&D interactive storytelling. Right. It's not so, just like it's not just like a game essentially. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. yeah. No. So so if 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 that's the case does that mean that you know you you were saying uh you know you have 20 sessions 10 sessions whatever that you plan and let's say we came to you like all right Max um we want to have 10 sessions you would have a, a a plan right for that 10 sessions but then because it's interactive and I guess in some ways maybe what uh, Tillich would do would be something maybe you never planned for or whatever. Can that be done? And then your plan would deviate from what you had planned originally. So let's say it was like something you never thought possible. Um, and Tillich was like, I want to do this, this decision, this, 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 whatever, this action A. Is that against the rules or is there a whole thing about like what you can and can't do? Um, I would say that's more of a DM's personal preference sure. because some DMs don't mind it if the players just go off the rails. Right. But right. um, but if the understanding between the players and the DMs that they do kind of have a story to tell, then the players would try to hold themselves back to not sure. do anything too crazy as well. Right. Uh, so but that's was, not to yeah. say. That's not to say that you're restricted to like any rules on what you can do. Technically, there are no rules. That's the fun of the game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I kind of um thought yeah. as well. So, so what you're saying is most players like if it was in a fantasy setting wouldn't summon a car. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a sense of realism, but all right. that is usually discussed with the players beforehand, sure. so I they see. would understand. Well, how, it's more of like a to... like a mutual respect kind of thing. Like if you know that the DMs trying to it. do like a done like, like a save save the kingdom kind of yeah uh, story, you're not gonna be like okay, let's go to the moon, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I have a MMO that I can introduce you to that we're going to the moon in. <laughs> um, so, so you know this whole this whole thing about the interactive storytelling. So you're saying that's kind of your perspective of it. What's what would you say other DMs kind of do? Is it different? Like you said, it was different. How yeah. would it be different in that sense? Um, well, again, it depends mm. on the style of the DM. Sure. So That's for good. me, I would rather a more narratively driven yeah. kind of game. Yeah. So, because, yeah. I mean, if you know me, the kind of games I play are all the yes. kinds of like the long stories and yeah. yeah. So lot, I'm yeah. a more narratively driven kind of DM. So I would prefer it if it was interactive storytelling. And which means that the relationship that I have my players are is, is more of the kind of like we are both working towards a single. So yes. we're on the same team, so to speak. But then there are other DMs who they have a more antagonistic relationship with their players, which means to say they straight up tell the player stuff like, I am here to kill you. So Actually. in situations like that, in situations like that, then the players will be like, okay, I know there's a story to tell, but because the DM is here to kill us in like every single combat or every single situation, they tend to deviate from the story because there will be situations like maybe the DM expected 
them to kill this right. enemy. But then they're like, no, 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 no. We were going to die. Let's just run away. And then that kind of like changes the story. Right. So then ah, it becomes, okay. it, it almost becomes you versus the DM in a way. Yes. Right? Yes, okay, exactly. Okay. That's just one so, other perspective, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, of course. So, because, like, obviously, the it's so fluid and it changes, would you say that you sort of start off every game the same? Or would you say you, you sort of adapt to the players you're, you're obviously playing with? Um, You can start it the same way. It's just because usually the DM has a plan on how to start the session. And it's, mm-hmm. it's when he starts asking the players what they want to do that things start mm-hmm. to kind of deviate. So I'd say usually it would be the same right. for right. each okay. session. Yeah, yeah. And then when the players decide to do certain things, whether collectively or whether individually, then that's when things start to go a bit crazy. Right, right. Okay, cool. That's okay. Cool. How, cool. Well, how long have you done? Well, not I guess. Yeah. How long have you done DMing for? Um, as of this year, I think it will be seven years now. Oh, did you start as a player, Max, or did you start as a DM straight away? Right. How, how um, does it really work? Well, my very first exposure to D and D was some time ago, but that was when I was a player, and I only played. I think it was three or four sessions before I yes. decided, you know what, I wanna I wanna try this DMing thing. Yeah. No, yeah. That's pretty cool. So and I think, early. Yeah. And I think that was because from a young age I've always had worlds in my head. I've always had stories in my head and characters yeah. in my head. Yeah. And I would write stories for them. So I'm like, well that seems kind of perfect then. Because then not yeah. only can I tell us not only can I write a story now, I can tell it to other people and have them join in. So that's pretty cool, actually. So, so cool. you started as a player, and you need like you know three, four times. So basically, what you're saying is most of your D and D life, you've you've been a DM, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that seven years of that's, how did yeah. you how did you even get into it? you got into it, what seven years ago? Like, what introduced you? Was it a friend who's like come join us, or did you like Google it, or like, like how did you get into D and D? Okay. Um let's see well when i was really young even before i got exposed to the actual tabletop version of it i was yeah. playing a video game in the past called neverwinter nights i think of course of yes yes yeah yes. and neverwinter nights was based off D. i think back then was the third edition rule set or the or 3.5 edition i can't remember but um they it was based off D rule set so when i was young i had no clue what it was what what was based off and i just yeah. found it really cool that you could choose like your classes and shit and then mm. when i came into army as you were talking um matthew mm. actually introduced me to yeah. my first ever I, game yeah. of D because he he was running a four point i think it was fourth edition back then or 4.5 e and he was like hey you want to try so we we played one game a single game not the best game to be fair but it was pretty interesting on my end because I finally understood where all those rules from Neverwinter Nights came from. Right. And then and then I never got to play again even though it was always kind of like on the back of my head till I went to uni and in uni I studied in Australia. I like I went to Australia. Yeah. So mm-hmm. because of that the Australians obviously they are a lot more into D&D than the Singaporeans and so I was introduced oh. to D&D there and I had a friend a Singaporean friend but he also learned it from the Australians and he DM'd me for a while and he was not too bad of a DM but there was a part of me that told myself okay he's not a bad DM but the stories he tells are kind of flat right. and I kind of right. told myself I think Effort. I could do better. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like I think I can do better, and so I, I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna try. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try. And the first thing that I tried, I remember, was 
trying to create one of my favorite fantasy worlds, Azeroth from Warcraft. Of course, into, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Stop. Just, just, just stop. Everyone needs to clap to this because well done, man. Oh, I, I just, well I done. just well tried done. to do that. I tried yeah, to do that. Yeah. It was pretty good. And then I was like, okay, now, now I'm going to try creating my own world. Yeah. And then that's kind of how it started. That's yeah. awesome. That's actually awesome. I didn't, I, I actually... It surprised me that um, Australia has a big, oh, a big yeah. D&D community. I never even knew that. Like, I never would I, have guessed that, actually. Yeah. I feel like D&D is one of those things, though. I'm not sure about you guys, but I feel like it's one of those things that if you, you know, if you don't kind of, like, look for it, right, you wouldn't know someone plays D&D. But then, like, when you ask around or when you talk to people, suddenly, like, more people than you think play D&D. And it's, yeah. not, it's not even that, uh, it's not that it's not niche, you know. It's just not... It's not that uncommon anymore for someone to be like, yeah, I jam D&D. I mean, what, Ray and I know probably like two or three <laughs> people who just jam it every Saturday, Sunday, just like that. And I didn't know that before, you know, until we kind of just talked about it and was like, oh, you play D&D too kind of thing. So I feel like it's, it's. I don't know if it's coming back because Max will probably, you know, be able to tell us if, if it's coming back or if it's growing. But I feel like it's so much more common than we think nowadays. What do you think about it, Max? Um. Well, I do agree that in mm. the recent years, maybe in the last five years or so, yeah. um, being a geek is now considered cool. Because in yes. the past, it was like, oh, you're a fucking nerd. You're a fucking... Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, nowadays, yeah, yeah like yeah. in the last five years, being a gamer, being a, a person who plays D&D or like tabletop games is all... It's like the, it's like the cool thing now. Right. And <laughs> I genuinely think that that's a good thing, of course. And also, it, it, just, it just shines a light on a hobby that I think it's really... It's not just a game, it's not just a hobby, because I do believe that D&D instills a lot of life skills in mm. their players, whether they realize it or not, especially if they start young. Yeah. So I would always advocate, like, if you have little kids and they want to play D&D, just let them play D&D. Yeah. What, Definitely what do you mean by kind of life skills, though? Like, in, in terms of, like, imagination or creativity or... Problem solving. Well, do- those two are the more, most obvious ones, but yes, mm. exactly, problem solving, and then you have critical thinking, um, right. strategic planning, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just a lot okay. of things. And like, generally, because if you meet in person to play, you also learn social interactions, yes. yeah. how to navigate social situations. Yeah, so it's actually a lot of skills, whether you realize it or not. I think it's I think the biggest thing that um, not really surprised me, I guess, about it is like, you know, going back to the whole thing about how you said um, geek culture is 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 the new uh, quote-unquote cool thing, right? Yeah. I feel like it is, but at the same time, right, there's this... It's, it's 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 gaming that's cool it's anime and all that stuff that has come back strong and stuff but then there's almost like that's still uh not a stigma but like dnd is that thing of like the other spectrum you know there's like gaming and then there's dnd or the like the very extreme yeah it's like hardcore gaming and i've always thought of dnd um in my head not as like i've never you know i, I don't really care what people do so i've never thought of those oh that's like nerdy shit or oh, that's geek shit but to me it was like man if you want to get into dnd you got to get into it like hardcore it's like full on or nothing because it's so intense there's like rule books there's like you know uh character uh sheets there's da, 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 all these kind of things you have to do um to get into it would you say it's quite difficult to get into dnd versus like i mean a game you literally boot it up right what do you think about that um okay i'd say that if you just watch people playing and you just look at what they're looking at like the mm. character sheets it mm. is obviously a bit hard to get into yeah, and yeah, you have no yeah. clue what they're doing um and 
sometimes on the outside, if you just look at a table of people playing D and D, it's like, what the hell are they doing? Because yeah. there's yeah. no, yeah. Like, you don't, you don't see anything. You don't see. They're just talking. It, it yeah. just looks like right. they're talking. Yeah. But genuinely, if you have someone that teaches you how the character sheet works, and you have someone who kind of guides you through it. You yeah. will realize that everything falls into place. Really it kind of is an as hard really as we think. right? Yeah, right. Um, but the the I guess the first thing that might turn people off is the fact that well, number one, they don't have someone to teach them that, and number mm. two, it's it it does look intimidating, but honestly, it's just that's kind of like just a trap, if you ask me. Yeah, that's that's and, the thing, though, isn't it? It it. Oh, sorry, not Karen. No, no, I I was just gonna say I think the 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 important thing is that. Um, at least in Singapore, um, the hard thing, the the hard point of entry is finding a DM itself. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say like I've always wanted to dabble, but the thing is, it's not a game that you can just randomly pick up. Because yeah, exactly. It, you yeah. need you need like the dungeon master dictates your experience of the game, right? So if you don't have anyone like that, you can't really get into it. Yep. And I, I feel like you also can't have like it, let's say you know. Five of us just sat down, like five randoms, right? Just sat down, and we're like, "Let's play D and D." It's not something you can just play, right? Like, what? You can't just be like, "All right, Ray, let's just DM," and he'll be like, "What? What the fuck? What?" Right? It'll be. It's. It's. I feel like that's the 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 exactly that is that point of entry where it's difficult is finding the dungeon master. But is it even rarer in Singapore to find a DM than it is overseas? Um, wow. Funny enough, the the thing that you just described, the five yeah. of you getting together and someone just randomly DMs is actually <laughs> how a lot of people start DMing these days. No way. Because wow. they're wow. kind of like, like, okay, we want to play. We mm. have the players, but we don't have a DM. And one of them's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to try and step yeah. up to the yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. And, they're just, and they just try it. And they just like buy the book and they just try and follow the rules and stuff. Um, as for whether or not it's easy to find a DM, I would say... Yes, it's relatively easy if you know the right um, places, and because of the resurgence of D and D and all that, I yes. think there's a, actually a lot more like yeah. board game hobby shops in Singapore sure. these days. That if you right, want to just right. approach the staff and you ask, okay, I want to play D and D, how do I get into it? They usually, not all of them, but they usually have like an in-house DM that will be oh, like, okay, yeah. he's running a session on this day. Do you want to like come in yeah. and join? And stuff like that. Ah, um, that cool. is, but of course, this 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 always has the danger of um, whether or not the shops regulate their DMs because there is a saying in D and D, which is that uh, no D and D is better than bad D and D. So oh, yeah, that if sense. you okay. if you have a bad DM, which will mm. kind of spoil your first experience of the game, exactly. kind of like yeah, then yeah. then you, might you rather just not play. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You, you know, we're too, uh, you've brought it up about a few, a few times now about the whole there's you know shops that they do it and there's like table, mm. uh, you know people sit around the table and do it. I've seen many many forms of D and D. Right. I've seen people literally having a board game kind of style where they're like moving their pieces along or whatever. I've seen people where the dungeon master sits behind like a board that shields them off from the players almost for his roles. Um, and everyone's just looking at their sheets. And I've seen ones where everyone just sits, literally is the table with nothing on it and just talking. What What's the difference? What is the difference between them? And also what what's the one you do? Um. Okay, so... The one I do is mm. the one that has the miniatures on the board, the sure. battle maps, and the screen that kind of shields you away from the players. Yeah. Okay. And that is basically what we see as the actual tabletop aspect of the tabletop RPG. Yeah. And um, 
that is the more traditional way of playing. But of course, in recent years, you have what you described, like they're just sitting there and there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. And that's more of a, what we call theater of the mind. So essentially, wow. as the name suggests, theater of the mind, yeah. it requires your players and the DM to have a really strong, almost, I guess, imagination where they picture everything going on in their head, including Holy combat. Shit. That's pretty yeah. intense, actually. That's harder, yeah. but that's, yeah. that's honestly harder to do because, Absolutely. especially with new players, because they need, mm. usually players, I feel they need a visual guide if they mm. have like a like a new players they want to see something Absolutely. and then of course there is one last way of doing it which is online nowadays you could just do it online and especially with the pandemic going on online yeah, has become yeah. a lot of a lot more popular where people just log on they create like the map in the game like in the online site or in the program and then they run it from there right. so, straight away yeah, yeah, they can. But of course, that requires work from the DM to set it all up first. Right, right. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. But the, the theater of mind would be very difficult, in my opinion, because like you, there's a lot of like rules and stuff in regards to like, spacing and stuff, right? That'd be a, yeah. Yeah. a lot harder to use, like line of sight or like. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy. It's like a lot, of, sight. a lot yeah. of things to think about while trying to also picture the game and the scenario. Exactly, it's, it's a lot yeah, of things yeah. at one hand. I think yep. wow. more experience, but I think like uh, in the end of the day, that's like a lot less work and we can't react to like maps and figures and stuff, right? Yeah, might be like a good means for like more experienced people. Thanks. Uh, you, more. you, yeah. but of course, to me as a DM mm. as well, it it there is a sense of wonderment, almost like a childlike wonder, if you use the the miniatures and the and the battle maps, mm. and you pull out like for example, they are <laughs> on the map, and then you just, I mean, they know they're gonna fight a dragon, but pulling yeah. out the dragon miniature and showing it to them is a different oh, kind sure. of like right. sense of amazement, and they were like, oh it shit, pretty, when yeah. the dragon just shows up, yeah. Yeah, that'd that, be pretty I cool. I can see that. I can see that. That that would be pretty cool. It's harder because everyone. I mean, like, let's say I say right now, imagine a dragon. Everyone imagines it differently, right? Right. But when right. you see yeah. the thing, is like, oh my god! And then you see it next to your miniature. Yeah, I get that. I get yeah, the same wonderment as a video game. Yeah, and not to yeah. mention, like, um, because it's a it's the miniature, so the sizes will be different. So, like, your miniature next to the dragon's one would actually be small, and you'll be like, oh yeah. damn! Oh man, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's Proper pretty cool. Factor. That that does yeah. have the wall factor. It, yeah. It's a lot better than um, well, not better, but it's, it's it's easier, I think, to access in that in that way than than just purely imagination, um, yep. unless you were quite, I guess, experienced player. Yeah, mm. I personally feel it'd be like a better experience overall as well. Yeah, that's the one we're doing, right? <laughs> I think generally, I think generally, it's pretty good for for players to be able first time players especially to mm. be able to see all that very elaborate setup and in the more real like super elaborate setups where they really go all in is where they have like mood lighting in the room they have like a surround sound speaker <laughs> music from so Man, like, i can imagine, so I can imagine. Cool. a smoke machine like <laughs> yeah almost. yeah 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 smoke machine yeah, too that yeah. would be so dull that would imagine experiencing yeah that's like that's true <laughs> augmented reality my bro <laughs> yeah basically I, I, and and it creates it helps with immersion as well so i think mm. that, that really plays a part yeah, I would love immersion to play immersion D and D with 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 these boys with the and boys, then yeah. like fucking Ray disappears under the table, comes back up as an elf girl, I'll be like, oh yeah, immersion, <laughs> bro, immersion. <laughs> um, costume ready, so, so Max, we introduced you as a professional D and D master, uh, the, the, the dungeon master, dungeon master, in, in, yeah, 
or degenerate master, in other words. Um, you, <laughs> well, you with have, you guys, <laughs> yeah, with us. <laughs> so, how did you how did you even become one? Like, is is there is the community that big now that there's that they're paying people to be DMs, or how did you get into it? Um, well, I don't know how many professional and paid mm. DMs there actually are in mm. Singapore, um, but from what I do know, there are some there are some DMs who feel like if they do a good enough job, they can actually charge players. And there are DMs who are, um, they don't actually run games with friends and instead they just get paid to run games for essentially wow. strangers and it becomes more of like a client more than a yeah. client yeah. paying mm-hmm. customer. Yeah, because for me, I usually just run games with people that I know. I, right. I prefer yeah. that at least. Yeah, yeah, but then there are people who just do that for strangers. And how I became a professional dungeon master was actually because I was... It kind of happened by coincidence, really. I was buying some miniatures of a shop, an online shop, on like those shopping apps. And he happened to just start talking to me about just D&D in general. And so we are, he asked me a lot of questions. He asked me, like, how do I DM? What, what, what right. do I do? And stuff like that. And um, I think he realized one thing about my kind of DMing that impressed him was that I created my own world. And I played right. my own world, which in D&D we call a homebrew world. And yeah. it's a homebrew world with some homebrew rules and the story is homebrew as well. So basically everything is by me and me alone. Whereas he was more of a DM that um, did like published adventures. So he would just read right. the books and then the books would be the guide. And like you could still create your own stuff, but it's not nearly to the extent that I do it. Absolutely. And, so, yeah. and so we happened to just start talking. And then um, I think a few months later, he told me that his business was actually growing from the shopping app and he was actually nice. going to open like a physical shop nice. and he was yeah. going to make that shop he was going to make that shop the one-stop kind of like a one-stop shop in in singapore for singapore. D&D. so like yeah, yeah awesome. so like when you think about when you think about D in singapore eventually you'll get to a point where you're like oh i know this shop because a lot of shops in singapore that sell D stuff are just mixed like they sell the like stuff but they also shops, sell right? yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah. sell the stuff but then they also sell like trading card games they sell board yeah. games yeah. they yeah. sell like the yeah. warhammer miniatures and none of them are like really specialized and right. so this guy was like i want to make a shop that is just only highly specialized and like people can approach us to to, to ask to awesome. join newbie games and yeah. so he's like you know what when when the shop finally opened he told me you know what when you are free of your corporate job because before that i was in a corporate job he's yeah. like when you quit that corporate job let me know and then i'll hire you on the spot Wow. Nice. Yeah. that's so cool like that's that's insane like, so basically it, yeah sorry you go take no no so it's, it's genuinely like your full-time job like this is what you do 24 not 24 7 but your nine to five um it's a part-time job but yeah it's a, it's a mm. part-time job because i'm also studying but if i wasn't studying then yes it would be my full-time job that's cool so Dang, cool. how did you how did you break those uh that news to your parents <laughs> <laughs> uh i just told them really and they were surprised because they didn't i think they just didn't expect yeah that it could mm. even be a job i suppose yeah. As yeah. Usual. yeah and um asian parents being asian parents they first of all they never quite understood how the game worked right. and so <laughs> when i told them when i told them that i was being hired to do it i think that's when they realized oh number one you can be paid for it, and number two, you you have to be of a certain standard for yeah. someone to want to hire you. Yeah, Fair and they were like, right. "Oh, he's actually." The funny thing is, right, like it, you know, going back to that whole Asian parents thing or whatever, right? It's it's that whole thing of, oh, 
it's just a hobby. And then when they realize that you can make money from it, suddenly it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like go for it. Go Sue for your it. dreams, bro. You know? <laughs> like, kind of. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Kind of, kind of. Because <laughs> to be fair, it's not like it's not like streaming. Because streaming, you start from literally the, the ground up, right? You don't know whether you're going to hit it off. But in this case, you already knew you were. Mm. It was like a part-time gig for you. So I, I see why yeah. they were more comfortable Well, I think it, I he like turned, basically, what it, it, it turned a hobby into a painting job, right? Which is awesome. Yeah. That's like, that's the dream, really. The dream, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the dream. So yeah, it's pretty cool, actually um is it is it how do i say this is it busy though like do you always have clients and stuff and do you, you said you like to run it for friends right but now that you're working for the shop does that mean randoms come in and you just run it for them or how does it work there is a certain level of needing to run for people that you don't know mm. but they're, mm. at the same time um because this is a shop after all and they and they do keep track of the players that have joined their games before sure. so there is a certain level of um i guess i don't know if transparency is the right word but then you kind of do know who you're who you're yeah. dming for you yeah. you kind of know what these players are like or at least an inkling of what they're like so yeah. it's 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 kind of it's not the same as running for friends obviously but eventually you do get to a point where you're comfortable with them so it kind of feels like it is running, for, running friends. for friends right yeah. the cool. difference is the difference is for me if i run my own personal game in my own personal world for my friends the like my regular group i am all into it and i will i will think even out of the session i'll be like okay so like this character's character arc is coming up what do we do oh, wow. what do we, what do we plan for so in that regard like i still think about it out of the game but yeah. when it become when it's the paying gig the paying gig is the kind of thing where like okay i show up i give you an excellent game but after the game's over i just stop thinking about it yeah 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 and then we only come back to it when like the next session comes in that kind of thing yeah, it's not so much of a of a constant adding on to the world and adding on to the session kind of thing that I do right. with like my right. actual. Wow, okay. Yeah. So it makes cool. sense though. Yeah. yeah. It does. I think it's it's one one thing is, you know, with your friends, obviously you're kind of like growing with them and also it's more like a you're more invested. You, you, yeah, you're constantly going with them. You're growing with them in that story. Whereas if it's thing, it's like, well, you're not in a way, in a way to be a dick, but like it's like, well, you're not paying me right now. Why would I think about it? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's not you're pay you were paying me, I would do it. Otherwise, mm, kind of thing. It's not like it, it doesn't take anything away from the sessions you do, but it's also like, why would you, I guess, in a quote unquote work outside of work hours, right? So I guess, mm. yeah, that, that that does make sense. I um, think I think there's yeah. another layer to it, which is that um, at least with the shop, the professional DM that I'm doing, yep. he wants me to run just published adventures. So it's just, again, like what he does, just kind of in a oh. way, kind of like reading off a book. So the difference is when I do the paid ones with the customers, mm. it's the kind of thing where, okay, I already have the setting. I already have the world. I already have the adventure all written out for me. I just need right. to reference that. And then I just do it. Kinda, I just yeah. put, on, put on the show for them. And then I leave. That's it. But with my personal game because it's my own world me yeah. adding on to the world actually benefits me as well because it's my yeah. own creation it's yeah. like my baby almost so yeah. like why not why wouldn't you do that that's interesting that's interesting was it your decision to uh follow the book when you got hired or was it just part of the job description essentially um, well, I think he figured, and I do agree with him, that if you run published adventures, you, there's it's number one, it's easier to sell because people know what 
that adventure is. Right. And number two, it's easier time for the DMs in general if they have to run like four different games with like four different groups of players. Yeah. It's easier to keep track of what's going on if you know what right. adventure you're running. Yeah, <laughs> which I agree with. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for that perspective. Do you think that? Yeah, yeah. Because you said because you were talking about how growing and stuff like with with everything that's going on, like and people that turn up at those shops. I think D and D would be like an awesome place to like make like long term long term friends and stuff, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And not to mention the shop that he's trying to set up. He's also trying to make it more like a community where, like, mm-hmm. if you want to come hang, you can just come hang, and we just talk D and D like the whole day, kind of thing. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. That's pretty like, cool. the whole yeah. idea of that kind of shop, because then you you get like dedicated people that will always come back and like. Yeah, yeah. Shop, right? he already has some. That's the thing. Yeah. He already has like r- regular loyal customers that just come back. But that's also because he makes sure that the four DMs that he hired, uh, one of them being myself and him, so there yeah. are two other DMs. He made sure that that four core DM group is a quality one, so people yeah. would want to come back. They would be like, oh. The DMs are great. I don't want to come back yeah. and play. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Which is like a huge, amazing kind of like, I think it's a real cool idea for like a sort of like a shop sort of thing. So hopefully everything yeah. goes well. Yeah. I, I think it's it's really cool when uh, people create, I guess in a word, businesses, right? But are more focused on like bringing the community together. And in this case, it's the D&D one, right? And they're more focused about the the welfare in the way of the community mm. and it's really cool that it's not just like i mean obviously money plays a part right but it's not really just about that it's about like making that kind of a place where almost like a and d guild in the world you know you see those like um shows uh, anime or whatever where there's like the guild where everyone can go hang and have a good time yeah, this literally sounds like what it is yeah, yeah exactly yeah. there right and, and it sounds really cool because i i don't think we have anything like that in in, in nz um, yeah I, I wouldn't know but i don't think we do that's mm. that's actually so funny enough you just said that but mm. ray on avmore drive so there's a place in east auckland um yeah there's like a chi- like china square there's like uh, like a fruit world and like dope restaurants mm. and i went once to my mom for this um chicken rice and stuff and then uh, there was an upstairs and i went upstairs yeah. and it was like a comic book store but twice weekly yeah, yeah, twice weekly yeah. they either run uh, Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragon, and I think one of the days I stumbled in just because I was looking around. And it was a D and D day, and like everyone was together. Like there were like six different games going on. It was actually really sick, though. I can imagine yeah. like that's what he right? sort of, like, yeah, just they must, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you find people who are like interested in the same kind of like hobbies and are, are just as um uh committed i guess as you are i think it's really mm. cool it's a really cool it was really low-key yeah it was super low-key as well like, it wasn't like big obvious signage outside that was like D games in here so it's like word of mouth that like, gets like the the real proper players in as well mm. i mean i guess I, I think max will probably be able to speak on this more but i guess most D players would have a group that they play with to begin with right i mean maybe the new ones wouldn't but in general if you were if you were looking to go to a place to play i don't think you would be like a new new player surely yeah Absolutely. Uh, yeah, in general, well, there are certain people mm. who genuinely are new players and they don't have a group, and so they go to shops like that to sure. look for a group. Yeah. But but usually it's the case where yeah, you have a group of friends who want to play, and so they already kind of have a group. They just either need a DM or they already have a DM, and and they just stick to the same group. Yeah. Just kinda Most of the time, that's kind of how it works. It's yeah. it's yeah okay. So after you know, D- I mean, D and D has been around for what? Ever for it's been around forever, right? So it's a very <laughs> yeah, old yeah. game. It's a really old game. In terms of like it's it's a game, it's a game, right? It's it's a role playing game. In terms of that that 
it's not a video game, obviously, but what do you think is the role-playing game? I don't think there's any others that I know of um, that I can say, yeah, there's D&D and there's also whatever, you know, like A or B. It's and Why is it that D&D is basically the champion and the number one role-playing game that, you know, isn't like, in, not in terms of video game RPGs, like true RPG. It's, there's only D&D. Is it because it's the oldest or is it because it's the most established or is it just the best? Um, I think it's part of it has to do with the fact that it's the oldest because you yeah. have other game systems who are essentially which are essentially the same thing, but yeah. they all spawn from D and D. And I think the biggest one of that is Pathfinder. So Pathfinder right. is another yeah. is another game system uh, which spawned from the third edition rules of D and D. And so right. even that one is like D and D came first. So I think one of the reasons why it's such it's known as like the grandfather of all the games is also because it's been it's that old. But I think primarily the reason why it's so so big and so like famous almost and like the pioneer is also because of two reasons, if you ask me. And mm-hmm. the first reason is the fact that um I think it's probably the first game of its kind that was really like um you can do whatever you want and it mm. so em- embodied like the high fantasy aspect of like lord of the rings and stuff like that mm. and you are basically brought into like a high fantasy world with like magic and stuff and like uh you could you also i think the concept of having actual choice in the game like you can do whatever you want and then like rolling dice and all that was just a really new idea back then mm. don't quote me on that because i don't know like yeah, the yeah, real yeah. full history of the but at least that's what i think is i mean it's literally older draw. than us isn't it like yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. i think that's the draw the <laughs> yeah. draw of the game but back then back then the rules were of course a bit convoluted and a bit messy so back then it was really like the basement dwellers who played it put put it because of, yeah, um, yeah yeah but but right now right it's now the newest it. edition of the game the fifth edition of the game is so 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 navigable and so 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 um <laughs> you, you the the ability to change it to whatever you want like the you can bend the rules and just change the rules yeah, it's so yeah. yeah it's really really easy to get into which right. is yeah so accessible so i think that's the reason why you also see a resurgence right now right right, right. Yeah. so it's like easier than ever to get into it yeah not not only is it easy to get into it's also easy to dm to be honest and that's also probably why we are also starting to see a, a, a slower growth of dms but there is definitely an increase so uh i don't know if i'm wrong about this D is by wizards of the coast is that right yeah, oh, it's, it is right, and uh, currently yes. Okay, not, not initially, but currently it's owned by them. Yes. What I've heard, and and actually it, it does strike me as kind of it makes sense, right? Is that every okay? Everyone here, we play video games, right? We love video games. All of us are video gamers, um, yep. and no matter what kind of gamer you are, you must have touched an RPG at some point. What I've heard is that every every RPG out there in terms of video games had. It's still based on the same rules of D&D in terms of the, like, whether you're going to hit your crit, whether you're going to dodge this. There's an inbuilt dice rolling in the background, even though it's an algorithm. But the the, the core of the every RPG is D&D, basically, if you think about it. And I found it really fascinating because um, I can't remember who is it told me. And I was describing, like, an RPG, whatever game it was, right? And he comes to me and he says, oh, so basically Wizards of the Coast rules. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's D&D. It's basically D&D rules, or rather it's D&D's concept put into an RPG in terms of your dice rolling, in terms of your whether you're going to hit that crit, in terms of you know whether you're going to dodge it, or whether you can mm-hmm. do this, whether you can do that, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, the true D&D, you have more uh, pathways to go down. But 
I think it's really cool that D&D is still, really, not just that it's the best RPG out there, it's also in every RPG out there. Um, is that um, true, Max? Do you yeah. think that's like... I'm not sure if that's a, a, a thing that is backed by facts or it's actually still true. It's pretty much it's pretty much true in the sense of a lot of it is inspired by D and D because yeah. especially with RPGs where you have like the classes where you can choose yeah. classes. For, for example, like Dragon Age, most of yeah. them they have inspiration from D and D because D and D gives you the ability to choose classes as well, and like mm. you can be a sword wielding warrior, you can be a rogue, you can be a mage, and then there are. There are rules in the background regarding, like you said, the algorithm rolls the dice, yeah. kind of like that. And yeah, yeah the, the core concept of it does come from D&D because the idea is you choose a class and if you want to do something, you make a roll. And of course, there are situations where like your choice actually matters in those RPGs, which again, also comes from D&D. So a lot of it is definitely inspired by D&D. And I think... Um, it, it's it's evolved a lot because of technology, yeah. but the core idea remains the same. The it's, core yeah, concept remains the be, same. Right? That's really cool. Because, yeah. I mean, you you talk to any of us who's played any kind of RPG or MMO or anything like that, and yeah, yeah. And, and, and and we you know, Let's let's say Raymond. I ask you, you know what yeah. are the there's four almost like cardinal right classes of any RPG, yeah, and I never it. thought about it until Max literally mentioned it by them. But D and D must have been the granddaddy of that. They created the four. I mean, it goes warrior. <laughs> yeah, they, rogue, they did the granddaddy. Yeah, right. It goes warrior, yeah, warrior rogue, rogue mage, healer. And healer. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. always those yeah. four in any RPG. It spawns from those four and it branches out, right? And mm. now that I'm thinking of it, like obviously it comes from D and D, but it's, it's insane because how many people really know that? People know of D and D, and they like some people. You know, even gamers, right? And I mean, video gamers would be like, "Haha, D and D." You know, it's that like nerd shit or whatever, right? People probably still make fun of it, not knowing that D and D is basically probably responsible for all the rules of every RPG we play these days. Um, the or core concepts, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the core concepts, the 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 characters, the the classes, even probably the races, bro. It must be right? like the races to an extent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It must be like it may not be the very first that invented it, but I'm sure like Dungeons and Dragons, from what I can tell, is definitely the one that expanded it on the most. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I think. I mean, it's it's just insane to to think that something has such a far reach from like literally older than us, right? Yeah, and and I think um stuff like you know how in RPGs you can equip gear and all that. Oh, and yeah. I think those that also stems from D and D because D and D you get gear, you get stronger and Jeez. stuff like that. And there's also a reason. Um, not since we're on a topic on on the games, there's yeah. also a reason why. Um, again, I could be wrong with this, but I think this is what it means. There mm. is two categories of RPGs where you have RPGs, and then you have C RPGs. And C RPGs, uh, classic RPGs, are like um, they uh... they literally play more like D&D where it's a turn-based kind of system. So you yeah. have like Pillars of Eternity, you have, uh, right, right now you have the Pathfinder games as well, which is based off Pathfinder, but that's also based off D&D. So yeah. the CRPGs are the old classic um, actual turn-based one, where I guess nowadays the more modern RPG, like Witcher 3 is not turn-based, it's more like action life, kind of like, way, like action. Way, yeah, but yeah. it is still, it still has its roots in D&D. Mm. So yeah. I think that's really cool. 
I think that's yeah. really, really cool. Like, it's it's very impressive that a game created so long ago has such a far reach, has such a big influence that, yeah. I mean, if you know anything about gaming, you have to see the parallels between the two, you know? You, you have to see it. It's almost in your face. Once you look into d and you're like, what the hell? This is like... Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> this is things that I've already done in video games, but this was created, yeah. like, before video games were even, like, on the radar, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, going back into that, the whole DMing side of things, do you have like a, a favorite memory that you can recall about being a DM that you will always be like, yeah, that's absolutely the, the thing that made me love, I guess, being a DM? Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple, I think. Mm. There's not really one, but usually moments where I kind of live for DMing is when I'm able to see the reactions of my players when we play the game and like i maybe i drop a bomb like a plot bomb yeah yeah or yeah. i drop or i drop something really major and you can see the reactions of the yeah. players actually freaking out yeah i think yeah. moments like that and then I, you also have yeah. you also have on the opposite spectrum you also have moments where your players surprise you and your players do something that you didn't expect and they like either they they clinch victory or they kind of solve a puzzle in the most unexpected way that is also the kind of thing where you're like man that's pretty cool didn't expect oh. that but it's pretty cool yeah that's do you think mm. that how often do you think that really happens when a player surprises you because obviously you host all these games you see everything how often do you reckon it really impresses you uh well it doesn't happen that often, but I think that's also what makes it special. Because when it happens, then you're like, "Oh, we really got something here." Yeah. And um, I, I I can't really put like a frequency, but when it does happen, it's definitely magical. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> the the last the last the last thing that is always a really good memory is also when something emotional happens. And I think yeah. that those are the moments that a lot more people don't expect, especially because again, uh, pulling pulling it back to when we previously discussed about like games and rpgs being influenced by dnd games like that have moments where things are emotional as well but that's because mm-hmm. in those sort of games you have like the music you have like yeah, the voice yeah, the acting, voice acting absolutely. yeah but so imagine if you can do that in dnd but in person with like five people on the table or six people on the table and all of you are emotional about a certain thing it can actually bring like actual tears and stuff yeah well, I, mean, I, I bet moment, honest, yeah, yeah moment, <laughs> moments like that is really when you're like oh man this is this, got, this, really this is not just though. this is not just a game, man. It's like it's it's something else. Yeah, it's yeah, good yeah shit. No, definitely. Yeah, that's. I think that that's the same as a video game, right? Like when there's a video game that affects you to that level, you're like, oh my god, this is a great game. So mm. I don't see why. Uh, firstly, that D and D couldn't do that, which it obviously could. But also, when it does do that, you must really be like, oh yeah, that's it. This is it. This is like the reason why I play, or this is the reason why it's so yep. good. Yeah. Um, do you ever play as a character, Max, or just a DM? Well, technically, if you're a DM, you play many characters. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But well, um, I occasionally do get the chance to play. But frankly speaking, and I've said this to almost everyone who asked me that question, <laughs> I definitely yeah. prefer to DM. Sure. But that's just oh, okay. me. Um, it's actually quite rare, apparently, because a lot more people who DM, they do want to be players from time to time, or they would oh, rather be yeah. players. Yeah. But I am... I guess one of those oddballs who's like, no, actually, I like DMing. I want, I want to DM. And my players who played with me for a really long time, they like the joke that it's because I have some sort of god complex, and they're like, you like to be, in control. you like to be in control. You wanna, you wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna, you wanna make sure that you know everything goes your way. So it's kind of like a power slash god complex. So they're like, that's why you wanna be a DM, which I don't. 
disagree, I suppose. <laughs> but it is. But to be fair, to be fair, it is a healthy outlet to channel your god complex in rather than like, oh, it is, absolutely. somewhere rather else. Than, you know, like, like it, it's in, village. Yeah, it's an environment where your, the people who are playing with you allow you to basically lord over them. So it's kind of healthy. So Do I'm you like, think yeah, sure. though that playing as a player rather than a character, right, versus playing as a DM? It, it it gives you kind of insights on the each other like so let's say you wouldn't have thought about it until you played as a player and you're like oh wait actually i would have done this as a player therefore next time when i dm maybe i'll do this or something does that affect you know each other because obviously your players affect you but if you played as a player do you think that would affect your practice in the future um yeah, actually, I do like knowing things from a player's perspective sometimes sure. because there are moments where, as a DM, you plan a certain, maybe a reveal or, like, information that they have to find. And, yeah. like, you don't... It doesn't occur to you that because as the DM, you know everything. Yeah. It doesn't occur to you that you might have forgotten to drop certain hints for your players and that's why they can't solve the puzzle. And right. you're like, oh, right. And, and sometimes you have to kind of, like, look at it from a player's perspective. When you design, like, sessions or when you design puzzles, you might want to take a step back and try and look at it from a player's perspective sure, and be like, sure. can they That's solve easy. that? That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it is, it is, sometimes it's it's important to have that other angle. It's, it's true. Like a, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a situation where like, when you're like spectating someone, you know the answer, you're just like, why why can't they figure it out? But it's because you know the answer. It just makes because it... you know the answer. Yeah, 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 exactly. 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 I, wow. I actually thought that most DMs would have been, um, wouldn't have liked to be players purely because like, you'd be so critical of what the the DM that you're playing with, all the decisions you're making, you just be mm. in your head the whole time being like, oh, I could do this way better. Like, where the fuck <laughs> yeah, am I spending yeah, yeah. time here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are DMs that are not... I, I don't like to call them bad DMs because in my opinion... <laughs> um, I don't think there's really a thing called a bad DM. It's probably just like a DM that needs more training and understanding of the game and getting used to DMing in general. Of course, so yeah. it's more of like, I think it's more inexperienced DMs and not so much of bad DMs. Right. But yeah, so there are certain situations where, you know, some players would just be like, yeah, like I, I, I could do better, which is kind of <laughs> like how I started in a way. So yeah. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so intense though, Um, not in terms of the game, but in terms of what you do, Max. Um, you, You're talking a lot, you, you said this a couple of times now about the puzzles and stuff, and you also said that you create your own world. In other words, you create your own puzzles and stuff. Is that, I mean, you're creating puzzles that could trick, you know, a whole group of gamers basically who are very used to solving puzzles. How do you do that? Like, is that difficult? There are resources. Uh, right, I see. There are resources online. Right. I'm tempted to kind of say that it's a DM secret, but now nah, let's just let's just let's okay, just okay, put okay. it all out in the open. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are there are guides and resources online on how to create puzzles, but of course, the easiest way to create puzzles, I feel, is just stealing. Straight up, just steal. Like if you if you right. if you have a puzzle, if you encounter a puzzle in a game and you're like, oh man, that puzzle was pretty cool, but also yeah. not too hard to solve, you yeah, could right. just copy it, man. Just rip it and right off and put it in your game. Sure, yeah, sure, like why sure. not? But of course, if you take it from like a computer game, then you have to be like, okay, I need to figure out how to translate that into the yeah, yeah, that's, that's the only yeah. aspect of it that you need to do. But other than that, it's actually you could just copy. But also um, while the players might be used to solving puzzles, some players might be playing like dumb characters, and the dumb oh, characters right. will not know how to solve it. Yes, because of it's two the RP, different. The RP, yes, yes, the RP yes it's two different sure. aspects. So the player might know the answer, but if your character's too dumb, then they are, they will be like, "Oh no, I don't know, man. I have oh no idea." God, oh my god! Oh my god! I actually forgot yeah, about that. I, I did. Yeah. I would not have thought about that. Wow. Yeah. So, 
So even if you knew the answer, but your character was dumb, you technically in the game you couldn't say oh you don't know you're, you're dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Conversely, oh. conversely, on the other hand, you can have a player who doesn't actually know the answer, but their player, but their character is a really smart character. So they could be like, they could just straight up be like, okay, because my character is so smart, can I make some sort of role and maybe like you as the DM <laughs> give me some hints, which actually works as well. So in terms oh. of that, it it kind of pushes the player towards solving the puzzle. So it works both ways. Like even it was both ways, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So what? <laughs> and then obviously the worst is if you're real dumb in real life and your character's real <laughs> dumb. Okay, you just know. Yeah, you you are actually uh, clueless. You're like, I don't know. That was perfect for Tilling. Like I actually don't know what's going on. But okay, so that is that why when we, I mean, it's probably no secret we're gonna actually be playing the game in in a couple of weeks, right? Is that why when we were kind of like delving into the character creation, you're like, make it as close to you as possible because it would be so frustrating Role to play a character yeah. who's like, yeah, who's like opposite you. You know the answer, it's, you can't yeah. say it. I could not think of something more annoying than that. Like generally, it's yeah, it's easier. It's easier to roleplay a character that is a little bit like an exaggerated uh... version of yourself or like a toned down version of yourself, depending because then you can easily get into their head because sure. especially for new players it might be mm. a little bit difficult to get into the rp of it like how do you role play yeah that's, that's to be honest yeah. that's the, the thing i'm worried about the most like, yeah, yeah. so I if you play? if you have a character that is basically kind of like you but in then a more exaggerated yourself. fantasy version yeah then you could just be like okay how how would i react in that situation and it would yeah. still be too true to character which is why i always suggest the new players don't go too insane at least yeah. with the personality. If it's really your first few times RPing, just do a character that's more similar to you. It's easier yeah. that way. See, see, you say that, Max, and right. So I've told Ray. Uh, I don't think Telex heard this, but I did the affinity quiz, right? So I was like, okay, what's my DNA affinity? Because I need to know, right? Because I want to RP as close to me as possible. And literally, I remember what you telling me, like, don't go too crazy. It's really hard to go like on either end, right? You're going um. Uh, okay. like lawful good is as difficult as playing you know chaotic evil and so i was yep. like i hope i get something close to neutral bang i get straight up affinity chaotic evil and i'm like uh and, exactly and Next people are like yeah, it's you, man. and i'm like <laughs> antagonist guys antagonist no, i mean i mean okay to be fair even if the in the game you or like the affinity you get chaotic evil you can yes. kind of just push it a little bit uh, for easier role play into the more neutral into, like, scale, more like neutral, you get, right? yeah, yeah, like mm. you can push yourself to a bit more like a neutral evil kind of scale and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there are certain. Uh, speaking of the alignment chart, though, there are certain DMs who don't quite allow evil characters because right. again, yeah. an evil character in the hands of an inexperienced player, they can actually screw up the game. They can like break the story flow and stuff like that. So right. some players, some DMs will be a little bit more strict about that and they're like, yeah. unless I know that you are experienced, I won't allow it. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's fair. That's absolutely fair because well, to be honest, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, the, yeah. there's one thing saying be yourself and stuff, right? But if you're truly trying to be like an evil character without being a dick and breaking the game for everyone else. I find it almost, yeah. well, in, in my head, it's almost impossible. Obviously, with experience, you, you're probably able to do it. But in my head right now, I'm like, what do I, what? What? What, what do I yeah. do? <laughs> kind of thing. And, and there's, a, there's a big difference between, like, evil characters and, like, what Sick we like to call okay so like chaotic evil characters there's sure. a difference between chaotic evil characters and chaotic stupid characters yeah, yeah. <laughs> chaotic stupid is not an official alignment but there are many players who think that oh just because i'm evil i can just do dumb things and just be an uh, asshole well I'm no that's, that's, that's a difference yeah, yeah. like there's a difference yeah 
So, so like, it's how... it's a it's a clear distinction essentially. Yeah. yeah. So with that, like for example, if let's say you were, you know, I think Ray, what you wrote as neutral good, right, or, or something like that. So yeah, if Ray was neutral, yeah, if Ray was neutral good, would it mean that in the game he could never ever do anything that was considered evil? Um, and on the no, flip side, you the can. opposite is also true, right? So you, you can. can still do that. Um, you can still, but do. it's just that if in in the game there will be similar to real life and similar to to video games, you have like your actions have consequences. So if you do something bad and you are supposed something evil, like killing someone. Yeah, and uh, because murders, murders, evil. So like, oh. if you murdered someone and your character is never have good, then the DM might be like, yeah. okay, if you keep doing stuff like that, then your alignment as the character will change. Oh yeah, and oh, you would, then you would have to okay. Then, then then you would have to be like, okay, if my alignment changes, that means that a lot of the role play that I do from now on would have to change as well. Right. And, and, your, oh, and, and your DM, cool. your DM yeah. would like warn you that it's gonna happen. Then you would be like, okay, okay. Then you could decide as a player, do you want to continue down this line? Do you want the alignment change? Oh, or do you like, okay, should. I should, maybe I should do. probably, yeah, yeah. And you could be like, okay, maybe I should step back and watch myself from now on and like start to do more good rather than evil, that kind of thing. But wow. of course, this also brings to the, this also is related to the point that I talked about my DMing style, which is more narrative yeah. driven. Yeah. Yeah. If you feel like maybe your character has gone through a traumatic moment and they do actually want the alignment change, then go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, if it makes for a good story and if it makes oh sense, oh my god, this story, is so cool! Not? I'm that so excited about this. This is so, so cool. cool. Yeah, it's like yeah. that awakening phase when an asshole kind of, kind like, of, yeah. Oh my god, this is so cool! Like what you just described is like the, <laughs> why I play like most of the story-driven games that, exactly. Like, where you're like boom, and then it's like, except oh my this god. time you're actually doing it like yeah. as a character. Okay. You are actually role-playing as a character. That, it's your I, choice. The appeal is massive right now. I can I can fully I mean like obviously we're gonna do it, but like I completely understand it now. It's insane. Okay, That's but crazy. Um, the the these more unfortunate thing I suppose is if you just do a single session, it is still yeah, gonna be yeah, fun. Yeah, but, yeah. but all this character development and all this character growth will it's not happen strong. in just one session. Yeah. You will have to do like long campaigns for that to happen. But hey, that's the appeal of the long campaigns. That's the reason why there are players who are still playing the same D D campaign for like ten years and they haven't stopped. Jeez. All right, guys. Yeah. Guess guess we're making a D D podcast after this. Um, <laughs> we'll second, just add a podcast where we just play D&D with Meg attach a monthly time. special or something to <laughs> our podcast that, how, that, how long that, does that, a, doing a bad idea right now not gonna how long does a normal time. session normally last for Max um well it's honestly up to the dm but i think it averages about three to four hours mm, there are certain times that i think that's a good time personally because yeah, uh, yeah. most people most people they start to lose a little bit of their attention or they start to lose their energy after that amount of time but yeah. there are certain moments where maybe if you know that it's a really big session or if you know that it's a session like maybe you guys have been playing in like two months and then you meet again then you could you could push it if you as a dm feel comfortable like your stamina and you feel like you can push it for like six seven hours like why not it's up to you yeah but o- i think overtime. the average session is about three to four yeah. yeah okay it just it blows my mind that the more we talk about this the more i realize that the games uh that you ever play is all actually just based off D like it is table. Exactly. it's all like yeah. it is it is the, like the more we talk about it, i'm just like yeah it's literally like the granddaddy where everything's made from it it's crazy it's not even oh. just games they are also like especially the alignments there are also even like popular characters are based off the alignments out there and you can I actually bet, yeah. see them you could be like oh like for example the joker well the joker is oh. not really the best example because the joker some people say he's chaotic evil some people say he's lawful evil so it's a, okay 
Darth Vader. Darth Vader is lawful evil, surely. Right? Darth Vader is lawful evil. Yeah, yeah. So, so stuff like that. What about like, like in pop culture, stuff, right? Loki's neutral right. evil, I would yeah. say. Chaotic neutral, maybe. But yeah. Uh, I actually don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys know this. I swear, from my childhood, there's a Dungeons and Dragons movie, and I don't know if, if have you watched that. That was a really long time ago, I think, and it was <laughs> really like... bad. But long <laughs> <laughs> time ago. <laughs> That was like the first real experience I got with Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, yo, shit, this, this, this is possible sick. as well. <laughs> I was like an eight-year-old watching this fucking dog shit movie being like, wow, this is most Most movie. people being exposed to it right now would be like the live stream games and all that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So, um, Max, in terms of the D&D community, right, is it a big, big community now? Um, I know you said it's growing, but would you say it's... I don't know, a big community in the sense that you have constant people coming in, new players coming in all the time. Um, and we know there's a lot of, you know, big names coming in right now. For example, the Critical Role uh, podcast that they, they play it live and stuff. Do you do you think that influences more people joining? And is it ever growing? Or is it kind of that thing that like, okay, you have a spike because there's an interest and then it dies out and then you have a spike and then it dies out? Uh, fun fact, I think most new players that I've played with that I personally DM'd or were DM'd by other pretty good DMs that I know, none of them have left the hobby. Literally none of them have wow. left the hobby. So uh-huh. I feel like I feel like it's the kind of thing where if you go in and you realize this is actually your cup of tea, you're never leaving, man. You're That's just right, going to right. yeah. I can see but, that though, to be honest. Yes, yeah, yeah. But but I would say that um with the emergence of like critical role, uh dimensions twenty, uh dice camera action, all their older mm, live streamed mm. uh D mm. games, it definitely shines a new light on how special the game is. It shines a yeah. light on how good the game can be as well. And so I think a lot of people would definitely be interested. And also not to mention, like the people in those games, if they are celebrities, it definitely helps them to also um bring bring their interest to the game. And I think for example, Critical Role, the reason why people loved it so much is also because they realized that the cast was in so much of their favorite games and they're like, oh damn. Yeah. And then yeah, and then they fell in love with it as well. So I think that definitely helps for sure. It definitely like what I when I watched it, I was like, oh, before like Dungeons and Dragons was like, okay, there's like a story. But like when when you watch those videos of the of those streams and that sort of stuff, you can you kind of see like to what extent that story can really become yep. into like you can become like how, how invested people can get into it and how vibrant and like beautiful the worlds they can create is, and that's Absolutely. like yep, people people want to want a piece of that, right? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I think it's I can understand though that whole uh I don't want to say addiction, but that whole like draw to it, right? It's mm. a game that cannot be replicated. Like it, how do you have find any any game out there that it's literally like, oh, you can um you can do anything. You can literally do anything. Yeah, right? so open ended, right? That? It's so open ended. That's, that's actually how I sell the game to new players who've been playing too many video games. Because I told them I, I tell them stuff like um, in a video game, even if you wanted to do certain things, you're constrained by whatever options the video game provides for you. Like, even in conversation or even in combat, you are stuck to whatever the game lets you do. Mm. But imagine if... Like, I think many of us, especially... Uh, and I actually do tell this to the new players, like I said. I think a lot of us, especially people who like playing RPGs, there are moments if you are actually RPing your character in an RPG video game, and yeah. the conversation options come up, and you're like, I hate all of these options. 
There's something yeah. else that I wanted to say, but I can't. And I'm like, well, in this game, you can't. You can't can say really, you can't say what yes. you want to say. Like there yes. is no way you'll be like, oh, I can't do that. No, you can't do that. Yeah, that's and I think so that's the. Cool. I think that's the the pull for a lot of people, especially people who really get invested in the characters that they create. Because then they're like, oh man, I can actually do all these things. And they have all these grand ideas of where they want their character to go, how the character would act. Like they write a story, the entire story of the character in their head, stuff like that. Yeah. I I need to talk about something. Um, You mentioned that, you know, uh, okay, first I need to confess something. I don't do as much research as it would seem for this. Probably doesn't seem that like okay. I do much research. Okay, That's so okay. <laughs> we talked about Critical Role and you said, oh, a lot of the people we love are in this. So I was like, wait, what? And I Googled it. Laura Bailey's in it? Yeah, yes, Laura yeah. Bailey's in what? it. What? <laughs> Laura Bailey, Matt Mercer, <laughs> Travis Billingham, uh, yeah. Liam yeah. O'Brien, yeah, Laura Johnson. Bailey's a god. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very. Good. She's Jaina Proudmoore too. Like, she's she's Jaina Proudmoore. Proudmoore. No, she's not just Jaina. She's a lot of characters. Oh, yeah, she's a, she's lot, of a lot of characters. She's the voice actress for Jaina Proudmoore in, uh, Jaina Proudmoore, in, yeah. in, 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 in WoW, in WoW, basically. Holy yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. That's actually, I'm low-key screaming right now, but I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, oh, my <laughs> she's God. She's amazing. I, I mean, like, the minute I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, it's Jaina, obviously. But she's, she's amazing. In everything. <laughs> she's in everything, basically. <laughs> My God, I'm having a fanboy moment right now, man. No <laughs> yeah, lie, <sounds> like... <laughs> no lie. I just full on screamed. He's gonna start. He's gonna start watching the videos. I think they're like hundred. She's Serana 100. from. She's Serana. Yes, she's Serana. Exactly. Tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's me. Yeah, she's But speaking of, um, but speaking of, uh, Critical Role. Critical Role was. Well, Matt Mercer as a DM yeah, was yeah. actually the DM that really made me to be like, I right. want to elevate that's my DM right. game. That's and so right. my DMing style is really similar to his. I think that's, a lot of people that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Definitely. is very, yeah, that's that's actually really cool. So what what started first, Max? D&D or video games? Definitely video games. But yeah. like I said, because Neverwinter Nights left so much of an impact on me yes, when I was younger, yes, it I really I think it, it really caused the D D seed to grow back then. But I was never really exposed to D D because again, Singapore. And back then, like what, thirty years ago, twenty years ago, that was like not really a thing back then. Yeah, but then eventually when I grew to love video games more, I think naturally I kinda collided with D D and here we are. Do you think, um, like D and D, right? Let's say we we're all gamers here, right? Yeah, gamers yeah. in the in the true sense. I'm a yeah, gamer. Yeah. Um, so we're all gamers here, right? We play video games, and we're all DJs, and we all play RPGs, or we play whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to ask is, do you think it's easier for uh, video gamers to get to D and D because it's what we know? Like it, it's nothing. Uh, it's not that it's nothing new. It's very similar almost because it's built off the the core concepts of D and D. Um, you know, like I said, the classes, the races, whatever it yeah. is. Do you think, like, let's say you're trying to introduce someone to D and D, and they were a gamer, you'd be like, "Yeah, easy, I can definitely get you into it," because um, you have you have so much of it already under your skin, basically. I would say it's easier for them to understand the concept mm, of D and D, like the fantasy, mm. high fantasy aspect. However, yeah. that being said, um, the type of video gamer you are really plays a part as well, because right. um, sometimes there is a mismatch. For example, if you have video game players who prefer to play more competitively driven games or <laughs> games which are or, or games which are more like um shall we say min maxing which means the objective is to like create the best character yeah, you can yeah. create sure. then uh, yeah, D, &D right. might not be the game for you because yeah um D, &D 
I mean, I'm not saying that you can't have it. There are games which are just about creating, like there are D and D games which are just about creating the best character and one shotting like enemies, for example. Oh, there way. are players like that, <laughs> and there are DMs who don't mind running those games. It's just that if you are a DM like me, which prefers more of the narrative, and like I yeah. would rather you create yeah. a flawed character, then yeah. it's just, it's not it's not that you can't play D and D or can't understand it. It's just more of like if you were to join my game, then you won't enjoy it as much. You sure. want to find a DM that can fit your style. At the same right. time, you also have like the competitive kind of players like i said who will probably be too used to the idea of like i am playing alone <laughs> but in dnd you are not you can't play alone it's not a solo game it has to be a team based sure. so then that mm. kind of player will also have a little bit of like a like a not really a culture shock but so like what you're have, saying have an is we ha- yeah what you're saying is we're the kick to look out of our group <laughs> <laughs> well if you think so if you think so I swear, guys, gonna fuck me. But actually, so <laughs> in in speaking of this, Max, because obviously role play is quite a difficult thing to get into, right? Because you want to stick to yeah. it, you want to yeah, like absolutely. commit to it. So obviously, yeah. you said you want to make your character as sim- like with similar aspects to you. But is there any other like um, any suggestions that you can give that makes you you know sort of get get into the role play a bit more? Um, yeah. Normally, I like to tell players that um, before you make a decision in-game, you Mm. just ask, especially if you're new, you just ask yourself, um, in this situation, try to put yourself in your character's situation for a moment. If your character's more like you, then imagine, like, just really put yourself in a situation. For example, if an ogre is charging at you, wielding a a great club, and it's swinging it at you right now, like, how Mm -hmm. would you react if this was real life, essentially? But it gets a little bit harder if it's a character that is not like you. Then you would need to start thinking along the lines of, like, okay, how do I... What do I want to say... What do I wanna? What do I wanna do? And you have to, in terms of that one, you really have to understand the character, which I think takes a lot more effort. But it, Man, it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. possible. You know what would be really cool? I mean, it, it probably not. It's not that cool, but it it sounds like a lot of it. It's kind of um, obviously it's role playing, right? It's, it's about how yeah. you role play, how you post. Can you imagine if you got like four method actors in there and just saw how they would? Oh. Like, it's it's like a social yeah, yeah. experiment, man. Like genuinely, yeah. right? <laughs> It'd be insane. You'd be like, oh my god, this this is like they would play the character. They would, they would play the character, you know? Yeah, which is why which is which actually is why I think Critical Role was so big because they're actually because they're, they're, all like, act- they're, like, they're actors, yeah. They're they're hmm. they're really good at it. So it's because of that. I love yeah. you, Laura Bailey. What? <laughs> She's great. She's it's great. so good. Like I, I just I just think it's 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 there's almost an element to it, like you we, I mean, going back to the whole how you were talking about um yeah. It teaches you a lot of skills, right? It really does. Yep. It's not it just does. it's not just the obvious um, creativity and imagination that I said before, but I can see how it does. I mean, if you're an actor, why not play D and D? It only helps. Yep. It generally yes, only it's helps. Say training, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like practice. That's yeah. insane. That's crazy. I mean, it, it, it's going to be so hard for me yeah. to like adapt my mind to RP. Exactly. But, like, mm. I think when you get into it, I can see why it's so it's so fun. It's just it's just so much fun because you it's you. You're just mm. playing. You're, you're playing in a fantasy world. How many of us don't want to live in a fantasy world? I mean, how many times <laughs> did I be like, bring me to an isekai right now, man. Hit me, <laughs> <laughs> me so I can go to an isekai world. And like, you know? And it's it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be buzzy though because we're so used to playing games where Absolutely. the role playing is Absolutely. there and stuff, right? But here, you literally have to put yourself in your own exactly, shoes exactly. it'll be quite quite interesting to see how people react it's, to it it's a game where you can i mean like max said you can literally do anything it's an open world sandbox you can do anything and yep. i think that is that is just insane that to me this, it blows my mind 
this could be like crack cocaine like where you just suddenly <laughs> get hooked on it and you're just like holy shit critical role vision too let's get it there's a <laughs> reason like i said there's a reason why there are um players who just never leave after they get in once no, i personally I, I can understand that yeah i i personally have a player in my game who was actually one of my colleagues back in the corporate side of things but i realized she was also a gamer so i thought okay maybe you would like the game so mm-hmm. i invited her to join us and she joined us for a single session just one session and she told me two weeks after the session she just couldn't get it out of her head and here she is Why? she's just stuck with us now I'm she's so just stuck with us now I'm, okay. I'm genuinely excited for this. Like well, I, one point that yeah, um sorry, you brought up uh, a bit earlier about um like a flawed character, which I would yeah, which yeah. I really think yeah, I I think that's like a really good idea as well because like I suppose, I suppose what you see what I I think people would think when they're making like a character and stuff is like you kind of want to be like like the main main character sort of the person right everything everything goes your way. But then, mm. like the whole idea of having like a flawed character, or like in a game where like obviously like not everything it's not like it's not like playing a normal game where you're gonna win at the end of the day, right? Sure. Sure. Like I'm sure campaigns have ended where it's like a, a total party wipe, right? Is that what you yeah. guys call it? Like a whole, yeah. a whole, a whole, your whole party dies and your game's DK, over, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like having that kind of is, I think, should be more highlighted or like more. In, it's just, very interesting yeah, concept. Yeah. It's more relatable, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where, where your person has like their flaws and this makes it I more interesting in the role. Yeah, I think more like really real life point. anyway. Yeah, that's a really mm. good point, right? Because like you said, in every game, you know, I mean, let's be honest, in every game, you know that, okay, in 80% of the games, you know that your whoever you're playing is probably going to survive to the end. It's probably going to be the god tier person, right? Mm. And it's the games where that doesn't happen which really stick with you, right? It's the games the where he's a flat character. He like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> where, 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 where they, you know, uh, that whoever dies or whoever messes up or does something wrong, and you're like, oh my god, I never saw that coming. Where it really sticks with you. So, creating a flawed character, I can see how that makes the game even better. Like yeah. you grow with that character, it becomes he yep. fixes his flaws or, or whatever it is. And I think yep. um, from Max's point of view, as a narrative uh, kind of DM, that's even like that's. That's all that's you live for, right? Yeah, that's what you live for. That's so cool. Nah, we, we're, we're very excited about this. Um, So in terms of how you play, you know, after you started, let's say, DMing and stuff, Max, when you play video games now, do you think you've, you, firstly, do you find yourself more critical about how they narrate oh, or tell yeah. the story? Um, I'm definitely a very, very critical yeah. player when it comes to storytelling. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it aggravates me to no end if I see really bad storytelling <laughs> in games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not gonna lie. And you can like my, my girlfriend, you can ask her. She is she always hears my rants all the time when there's bad stories. <laughs> I have so much I have so much to say. I have so much no, as a absolutely. writer as a writer myself that prides myself on on good like well-written stories and then you see like triple a games with shitty ass storytelling oh my god yeah like just hire me man why not how can you even how can you even play a game anymore when you're so like when you're that critical you don't even enjoy the game anymore at that point but it's it's the games that really hit him that much you you enjoy i guess i guess you enjoy other aspects of the game you can still enjoy other aspects of the game and you just try to ignore storytelling especially if storytelling isn't the primary a driving force behind the game because right, 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 right. but but of course mm. if you're playing like an RPG where the story is very important <laughs> and that that's when it's like what are you doing? 
Well, <laughs> how are you I feeling mean, about we... Warcraft nowadays? <laughs> I, I didn't want to drop names. I didn't want to drop names. But yes, there you go. There you go. Said, we're looking at you. <laughs> Genshin Impact also, to be honest. Yeah. Genshin so, Impact is also annoying. But yeah. So, so you know, talking about that, you you you, you literally mentioned, um, okay, if, if I don't expect good storytelling from the game, that's fine. But as a DM, I can't... Do you play games that aren't RPGs? Like, I can't... I, I'm going to be honest, Max. I can't see you playing, like, an FPS or a competitive uh, you know, <laughs> shooter or anything like that. Because if that's your world, um, and I'm not saying that you can't, obviously, but I'm saying that if you love the storytelling aspect so much, why wouldn't you play anything but RPGs? Do you play I, any other genres? I do play, but it's just they wouldn't not really <laughs> fall. They wouldn't really fall under, like, my favorites. But, like, for yes. example, yes. Um, you mentioned FPS. It's not quite an FPS, but I do play games like uh, Vermintide, which is kind of like an sure, FPS, yeah. sure, 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 but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. not. It's just not as enjoyable to me, I guess. But I no, can play it. Right, I still right, have right. fun playing it. It just won't go on my top list like, of games. Like I top like ten games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so it's just more. F- but and and there are certain genres that I think I just can't get into. So yeah, like, give me a, a Mobas, Mobas, like racing games. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, racing yeah, games. Yeah. Uh, um, Paradise. Mo- mo- I guess Moba- <laughs> Mobas is one of them, but Mobas. I mean, I, there was a period of time that I do play them, but uh, yeah, now I don't play them. Which MOBA F- did you play, Max? League of Legends. I played, a, played a bit of Dota, played a bit of League, played a bit oh, okay. of... Uh, mm-hmm. I think these were the two main ones. Oh, played a bit they of were... Heroes of the Storm. Oh, yeah. shit. Those two are so big Hoss, that boy. everyone played, right? Of course, everyone's yeah. dabbled in both. I, yeah, I, I, think everyone I, I genuinely know people who like didn't touch a MOBA. Oh really? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, like, really? They're, yeah. they're like proper. I'm. I'm not like talking about like elitists, uh, like filthy <laughs> casuals. I'm talking about gamer gamers who like play every game, but like the whole mobile genre, they like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't yeah, touch I genuinely it. Yeah. know people who do that. Yeah, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I genuinely. Just, I, I it feels like such an it's such an integral part of gaming now. Yeah, like, I feel like it's like you're mm. growing, it is, it is. right? Like you reach the stage that you're like, oh yeah, during this time I played mobas and I was really good, or or like, and I realized I didn't like it or whatever. But mm. I feel like everyone has touched it. But I know yeah. people genuinely was like, looked at it was like, nah, fuck it, that. It's I'm the equivalent of like that. fucking Pokemon. Like, yeah, everyone's yeah, fucking, yeah. everyone knows what Pokemon is. Um, even yeah, Mario yeah. or something, right? I don't think it was yeah, you yeah. play Pokemon. Max, you played Pokemon competitively, didn't you, for a bit? Yeah, I still yeah, like know tournament, about the competitive. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, competitive. I mean, I still know about the competitive aspect of it, but I don't. I'm not really into it as much nowadays. As much nowadays, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when I was. I can't remember which version it was, but you're talking to me, and I was like, "How the fuck do you know so much?" You're like, "Bro, I play competitively." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah. that makes sense now." And then, and then we were like, I was like asking you real dumb questions about what if I went into a tournament with six dragonites? You'd be like, "You'd be banned." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Like, you'll be banned, bro. I was like, oh, okay, then. Not that. Great <laughs> yeah, Plus, fun times, I, fun times. I'm the type of Pokemon player who like plays for maybe like two hours, and then I get bored, and I'm like, alright, yeah, no, I get it. This shit. Let's say I get it. I get it. Level ninety nine, Dragon Knight. I get it. Dies. Alright. That's how most. That's how most people play Pokemon. Like they just it's play just casually. It's funny, man. It's just funny when you like go into the Elite Four and you like punch them and they die or whatever yeah. the skill is, tackle most, or whatever it is. Most, most players die. play like what four four attack Pokemon, right? Like yeah, four, like really, like really casually. Yeah, yeah. really is casually. It not, is it not meant to be four attack? Like am I, I mean, playing Pokemon com- wrong? In, in competitively, in in competitive Pokemon, you won't have all your Pokemon have like four attacks sure. probably only like your your main i guess carry if you want to say yeah, yeah your main super 
I've heard about uh, it. yeah, yeah. Tell it. See, see, this is what when I was talking to Max, this is what um I mean we're not really about DD right now, but like in the Pokemon scene, right? <laughs> Going off like, topic this, a little bit. There's like tanks and stuff that um, Max was telling me he's like, Yeah, that's my yeah, tank. Yeah, that's yeah. my what this is my this, this my that. And I'm like, What? Huh? I have I have four things that just hit hard. Like I was yeah. like, Oh yeah, that, that one has like really cool skill and it's like fire blast or something. That was really cool, bro. And that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once 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 it gets strong enough, you don't even care about like what's effective and not effective. Like, yeah, yeah, you just, just throw yeah, it at yeah, them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go for that 120 effectiveness and you're like, boom. I don't care about <laughs> PvP, bro. I'll upgrade my PvP when I have to. <laughs> that is yeah, how most insane. people play it, like I said. Yeah, that's yeah. literally how I play Pokemon. I, I, I will admit I am not a good Pokemon player. I'm probably trying no, to. <laughs> it's, it's fine. If you don't play competitive, it's fine. It's a totally, perfectly acceptable way of playing it. <laughs> There's a nice way of saying you, he's calling you a pleb. Yeah, he's calling you a casual, bro. I feel, I feel, I feel. <laughs> so before we delve more into the video game side of things, uh, Max, what would what would kind of like parting advice be for anyone looking to get into D and D or in a D and D audience in general? Like it could be anything, you know. Like respect your DMs or don't be a dickhead. Like what would you say <laughs> is the number one thing you want to tell people about D and D? Um, I think more importantly, if you want to play D&D, because I've, I've, I've got this a lot. If you want to play D&D and you know a group that plays D&D, uh, mm. you, when you ask to, if you can watch, don't just watch, just jump in. I think that's oh. the, that's the, I think Do that's the easiest. Like, I want to watch. I, I, I've gotten, it. I've mm. gotten a lot of people because they're not sure what D&D mm. is and they're not sure if it's for them. They always say, can I sit down and watch you guys play and and multiple times i just tell them no just join us because if you are already interested enough to sit down you can just jump in absolutely and play and you absolutely will, yeah. you would definitely be hooked i think that's the first thing and the second thing is i think um don't be afraid to try like i know like for example a lot of people they're scared of like the rp aspects like you said and um they're scared of like will i work well as a team or stuff like that no just 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 go into it just keep an open mind and i think you would be pretty sure i think i'm pretty sure that if you like it like i said you'll probably just be hooked to be very honest mm. yeah and um the last thing is of course to budding dms out there if you want to dm uh it takes effort it takes a lot of time it it sometimes feels like a full-time unpaid job to be honest but uh <laughs> it, it's worth it the payoff is usually worth it if you have a good group of players that appreciate what you do that play the same way as you do you need to hold on to them and you need to appreciate them and you the payoff will be worth it that's what i'll say yeah i i can imagine because it's like when you when especially if people don't really play games they're not really into gaming and they try dnd imagine that it's just this one great dm that sort of flips this whole idea and they, they started like they love games they do this they love that imagine you're the reason that they love games is yep. i can imagine such a good feeling I've actually brought many, many people into the hobby in my time, which is why, uh, and I think that's another reason why I love being a DM because you have that oh, ability absolutely. to hook them. Yeah. You have that ability to be like, I know you weren't into this before, but look at you now. No, I think exactly. there's like there is something uh, almost like a sick satisfaction of when someone gets into your hobby with you because of you. Um, yeah, like, kind of. As as gamers, we all have that, right? We're like, oh, come play this game with me, and then you exactly. see that person enjoying the yep, game, and yep. you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like fuck yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah, is why yeah, I yeah. loved it. This is why and Ray says that to me all the time. Like he loves it when he sees new players enjoying FF14 because he's like, yep. Yeah, I love it too. This is why I love same, it. And, and there's like a sick yeah. satisfaction to it. Um yep. I mean we it's we, the same we, effect. It's the same effect. 
I feel like we keep dancing around the subject of video games. Let's get into it, Max. Um, yeah, sure. On the subject of video games, we talked about you know all three X3s last week, um, and you actually did a three X3 for us, which is perfect. Um, oh. If pop it, pop it up right now. Pop it up right now into Discord. Let's have a look at what your three X3 is. Let's <laughs> throw it. the shit out of Max. And let's I think get some of going. it is. I think some of this is probably expected. I think some of you probably I think guessed. I, I, some I of them. expect probably like two, three of them. So, um, Mass Effect, first of one course. on the list. Uh, it's yeah. not in any particular order. Do yeah. we have to right. explain? explain no, 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 why no, no. we'll go not... through that later. We'll go okay, through. Sure. So, Mass Effect, uh, the whole trilogy Pokemon Sapphire, nice. XCOM nice. 2, nice. Witcher 3, uh, <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy 14, Shadowbringers. Darkest Dungeon, okay. Hades, yep. Yep. Uh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Wait. and Dragon Age. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. close to my heart. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is why. This is why. Like, but I mean, off, off recording, uh, recording for the for the for the listeners is. I told everyone in this chat that Max probably has the closest taste of RPGs to me that I know in this in this group right now, and you can see why. I mean, half of these games are like, yeah, hang on, tick 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 tick, like easy ticks just across the board. Take um, of approval from Gaia, stamp of approval. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a connoisseur enough, man. I got hated on a lot for my, my fucking. Part of <laughs> I love you from Pirates. Um, Max, I'm I want to ask you about Darkest Dungeon. What is Darkest Dungeon? I've never. Yes. I was about just it. gonna say it as well. Yeah. yeah. So Darkest Dungeon is, well, the best way I could describe it, it's kind of like a turn-based roguelike. But okay. I'm not oh. sure if roguelike. I'm not sure if roguelike is the best word for it. Okay. But um, essentially, the game when it first released, uh, if if for those of you unaware, it is a very very brutal game. It is a game that you will lose characters, you will die, you will fail, oh, and no. it's meant to right, happen. Right. It's meant to happen. And um, but it is also really really satisfying when you manage to pull Absolutely. off tactics or when you manage to put off strategies in order to win the fights but some of the fights when you first play it especially if you're inexperienced and you don't know what the game is about and yeah. you go into it yeah you you're just going to get slaughtered and it's going to happen and some of the fights just Damn. seem straight up unfair yeah but oh, that's wow. that's the way that that's the game design that that's how it's designed yeah, that's is it I an indie game or kind of indie? It's kind of indie. Okay, yeah. okay. I feel like I've, 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 no, no, no. I feel like I just Google image it. I think I've definitely seen some streamers play it, and yes. they always are bad in halfway because they're like, "This is just like too it's so emotionally, hard. <laughs> emotionally <laughs> fucking punching as well." It's just like fuck yes. sakes. <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of like, I mean, I personally like it for two reasons. One yeah. is because the challenge is there and oh. the fact that it's turn-based and I kind of like turn-based. Some of the games up there are turn-based anyway. And also, um, the second aspect is because of the whole theme, the whole gothic horror, eldritch horror kind sure, of game. And sure. I'm like, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that shit. Yeah, I yeah, love Lovecraftian horror, I love that shit. Ah, uh, Lovecraftian horror, of this course, of course. <laughs> do you, yeah. do you, actually, do you incorporate that much into your, your kind of DMing? Love well, there, there are there are times that I do include enemies that are based off like more Cthulhu esque enemies. Guess we'll be fighting a squid than Monwe yeah. boys. <laughs> or sometimes, well, it depends because the, the the fun thing is as a DM you can put in any enemies that yeah, you like. Absolutely, so absolutely. like I'm like, well, if I like. If I feel cool. like it, I can just put in like a Lovecraftian one. If I feel like yeah, it, yeah. like a vampire, it's up to me. Okay, I see. Yeah. All right, let, let's let's wow. let's let's delve into this uh, three by three. So straight off the bat, first on the list, um, obviously in no order, but Mass Effect Legendary uh, Edition. 
Yeah. Obviously, I, mean, I agree with this very strongly. <laughs> <laughs> what, Nothing what, much what to say it, there. Yeah, what is it um, for Mass Effect that speaks to you so you know so highly? Well, I I know many people would say story, but for me, while the story mm. is good, mm-hmm. what really hooked me in this game is actually the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The characters and how they're written and the arcs that they go through. I think that's the thing that hooked me. And then of course, secondly would be the actual story itself. Yeah. They did kinda initially screw up the story a little bit yeah. in the third game. The yeah. third game, but but they, they 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 redeemed themselves. And I think the characters, yeah. even though the third game had a little bit of a storytelling error, the characters itself still managed to save the game. So that's why I think the characters are really the thing that sticks out wow. in this game. Yeah. I think we were um, we were talking about this off air, uh, Max. But we uh, what we we kind of agreed on that was yes, Mass Effect Three on its own standalone. The the ending was uh, let's be honest, the first ending was shit before the extended yeah. edition. The yeah. first ending was piss poor. Extended edition kind of saved it, but on its own, it left the impression of like, oh, this is pretty bad. This is pretty bad, right? Um, yeah. But then when you play the legendary uh, edition, um, for people who don't know, it's one, two, and three all stacked together, right? It sounds <laughs> fine. It's a really good game. You're like, oh my god, this ending makes sense. It's perfect. Bang if on. you play all three of them right? back to back, then yeah. It's so weird that when you play yeah. three on its own, you're like, this is trashed here. You play all three of them together, you're like, yeah. Straight it's out, not, straight out of 10. Hit the box. It's, it's not, not trashed here, but, you know, but you know, context yeah. thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, must it was be a context really, thing. really bad for... I mean, no, I think... I think it's because when you played the original before yes. all three of them were released, you had that break in between, so the memory yes. wasn't as fresh. Exactly. But then, yes. if you play all three of them, then the memory is fresh in your mind. Mm. It's, it, it definitely feels like it flows better. Do you also think it's because you would have played three after the goddamn masterpiece that was two? There's no, like, I don't know a single person who doesn't think <laughs> Mass Effect 2 is, like, by far one of the best, like, in the game, in the series, whatever it is. Like personally, I prefer three, but I, I have to say two is very, 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 very good, you know? So two you is play good. two and then you go into three and the original ending hits you and you're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, this is this is great. Two is good, but the storytelling in two, um, the overarching plot of two doesn't really cut mm. it for me. Because I, I feel like I feel like the entirety of the plot in two could actually be relegated to like a side quest in three, for example. Yeah, it's okay. it's cool having it's cool having someone more critical to also analyze all the storylines for this. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> someone who's actually a storyteller, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I'm flattered. I'm nowhere near as good as some of them, but yeah. Yeah, um, Pokemon Sapphire. Well, one of yeah. personally one of my favorites as well. Like, but, I, I love the Sapphire. Okay, my first Pokemon game as well. I played really, Ruby, you guys. The reason yeah, why? Okay, no, no, okay. you could go. You could go. No, 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 it's just I was just saying it's my first um. Game Boy DS color game, and I fucking, I I just don't know how many hours I put into it. It but was so good. It was just so <laughs> yeah. good, man. But yeah, yeah. go go, take it away, Max. Uh, the reason why I put it up there was because I think Sapphire was the first game that, um, well, first of all, it's the first Pokemon game that I kept playing over and over. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it's the first Pokemon game that really made me realize how much I love the franchise. Because I, yeah. I'm a Gen One, like I I started in Gen One, but yeah. I was like, but I was like, okay, Gen One was good, but I never played it as much as I did with yeah, Sapphire. Yeah, Gen 2 yeah. was good as well, but I never played it as much as Sapphire. Yeah. And I think immediately after Gen 4 came out, that was when I really started to be like, okay, I want to take this a bit more seriously. And so I, I went into yeah. the competitive aspect of it. But I think Sapphire was the one that started it. That's why it's up there. I think it's yeah, what, sorry, something sorry. that I I thought really, I'm hearing you say that is like, especially I don't know when you started like Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, but I feel like Gen this generation lines up with the age where most players 
I like can can go more deeply into a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it, it, yeah. the timing lined up very well. That is true. Generation. But the yeah. thing was like yep. I, I have to agree in uh, to a point, but I feel like Sapphire or Sapphire's Gen Three, right? Sapphire Gen Three. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like after kind of silver and gold, I don't know, maybe it was the color, maybe it was whatever it was. It just got like it just went from good to tremendously good. Like mm. Sapphire is <laughs> yeah, so yeah. goddamn good. Like I can't. I can't, it just, I don't even know how to describe it. Like playing Pokemon Sapphire after playing, I started Gen 1 as well, right? I played 1, 2, and then I played Sapphire, and it was like almost like a whole different thing. Yeah. It was just yeah. that much better. It was the just graphical like they, upgrades, I think. Right? The they, no, they took everything well, you right? loved about it, and they just made it so good. Like I just loved everything about it. And and I, yeah, I, I have to agree. Like hands down, Sapphire is probably one of the DS, yep. right? Uh, no, yes. no Sapphire was Game Boy Advance. Oh, oh my Advance. god, the GBA! I forgot the yeah. GBA. Even yeah, yeah, that's that's how my son. Game Boy Advance. God, what a throwback! <laughs> the GBA was the one where you had like buttons that you can turn the like the the backlighting brighter on. Yes. Yeah. 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 You gotta save batteries and turn it off. That's like big digivice, bro. Yeah, that's the one. It's so cool. Let's talk about XCOM two. Actually, yeah, XCOM two. I wanna ask yourself, why not XCOM one? Well, actually, when I put XCOM two, it's more of just the XCOM in general. But I think XCOM uh, two, I think XCOM two really upgraded what was in the original Enemy mm-hmm. Unknown. Not not the original, the really old one, like XCOM mm-hmm. Enemy Unknown. Yeah, but uh, it really upgraded a lot of what was already there. And then they came out with the really, really, really great DLC, The War of the Chosen, and that one was just that blew everything else out of the water. Oh, wow. so I, yeah. I never heard about that one. That yeah. one is really good. Like they basically, <laughs> essentially, it's a DLC for XCOM Two, but it genuinely feels like a full game in itself. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Tell it, are you like me? I play the base games, and I actually never bother about DLCs. Like I, I finish <laughs> yeah, the game, yeah, I'm yeah. like done. But uh, next. <laughs> always tells me buy this DLC, buy that DLC. This one is worth it. This one's not worth it. So like, I, I always, I'm like, whenever I play RPGs, Max is like, yeah. For example, uh, Mass Effect, right? Citadel. I would never have caught it without him telling me. And Citadel is the best DLC of the Mass Effect series. Oh wow! Yeah. It's so I, good. I always just look it's, at DLCs as like a money sink. So I'm like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them, them, some of them are not worth the money. It's true. Some of them absolutely. Are I love but some the, of them are really worth it. I love the fucking DLCs that cost you like fucking twenty bucks, and it's like a weapon pack that you don't even yeah. need because you're <laughs> in right. the game, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, don't buy like, those. Yeah, this weapon pack. It's like, don't, it's like, don't, don't buy those. It's like the most trashiest stuff you don't need <laughs> because you finished the game or like whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> or like a skin. Yeah, don't buy those. Oh, oh man, God. so bad, so bad. There's so just... much fucking money on skins. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? I know. Let, 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 let's talk about that later. We'll We're also ask Max about how he feels about the microtransaction side of things. No, <laughs> no skin, no skins, and no skins and stuff in D and D. So hey, that's great. <laughs> so we can look however we want to look. You can be carrying, you can be carrying your fake Karen bit in there, my boy. So, so what is it? Yeah, you know, talking about the whole XCOM two for I don't. Would you say XCOM's mainstream, guys? Um, I don't know many other people who play XCOM. Yeah. I knew my friend group was into it for a little while, yeah, but I don't yeah. know about the general. It's a it's a tactical it's kind of turn based. Mm. Um, yeah. It's a tactical mm. it's a tactical RPG, and I think people who like these sort of games, uh, the FFT, they, they, yeah, they would they mm. would like they would like this. They would like XCOM. Yeah. Uh, of course, XCOM is more sci uh, It's more sci fi. It's not like fantasy, but it's super. No, yeah. are you a sci fi guy, Max? I don't mind sci-fi. Or, I mean, they are like, yeah, like, they're like two sci-fi games. The three sci-fi games on my list. So, 
Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't even notice the title. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot I'm Koto was in here. Oh, oh, wait, not not Koto. I'm um, Star Wars Knights. Yeah, it's on here. No, that that's Koto. Yeah. Is it Koto? Wait, Ko- it's Koto. The top? Oh yeah, the Old Republic. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh... um, uh, what? So is you it, are a sci-fi it... guy because for the longest time yeah. I thought you were like a high fantasy guy, uh, Max. I prefer high fantasy. That's right. for sure. But okay. that doesn't mean I don't like sci-fi. I like sci-fi. Yeah. Too. No, I yeah. have to say I love high fantasy. So there's something about elves yeah. and fucking dwarves and shit just. That's the sweet spot of like perfect of yeah, gaming yeah, yeah. or anything. Yeah. I like both. Absolutely. Mm. Sorry, were you I'm saying trying, something, T? No, no, I'm just trying to think because with XDOM, yeah. I'm I'm still trying to follow your 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 DM lifestyle. Is it was it the storyline? What was it about like XCOM that, that really pulled you in? Um, I think for XCOM it's not really the story. XCOM is one of those that yeah. um, it's it's definitely more of just the gameplay aspect and but I guess for me, the reason why XCOM had an additional layer of um, not complexity, but like of of attachment, is because you can design your own characters in right. the game. And when I design my own characters, I give them stories. So it oh. it, it, it means it means more to me if they die, because right. I had like a whole story. And then if let's say there's a character in the game that kind of like makes it to the end, or like he becomes like one of my best soldiers, then I will yeah. elaborate more on their story, create an mm. entire like. Holy like shit! Character storyline for them. So that's my own way of enjoying the game in a different aspect. Yeah. Of like as compared to how most people would do it. I You're playing no. like a game within a game. Kind of, kind of. A gameception yeah, right here, bro. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And so that 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 creates that additional new story for me. Like I would be able to write. Like for example, if a if a if one of the soldiers that I grew attached to actually died, then I would be able to write the story in my head of why they died. Like a like I don't know, like a journal entry or something. It's like oh, we are this two, soldier. We, yeah, we are two very different people. I think I dropped <laughs> after after like one one character I was really attached to died. I literally uninstalled the game. I was like, fuck this shit. No, it's sad. <laughs> it's definitely sad. It's definitely mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, that that's it. Doesn't change the fact that you still get sad when they die. That's for sure. Absolutely, for sure. absolutely. So okay. We've we've covered the top three. We have to speak about the fourth on the list. It's, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's like in what seventy five percent of our our, our three by three. Yeah, right I now. think so. Mr. Mm. Raymond over here really needs to get onto it. Um, <laughs> the, the classic Witcher three, not even the classic, the god tier Witcher three. Witcher three, the wild yeah. Are you talking about Witcher three base game or plus all the uh, DLCs or just in general? So so what I've heard before we go into yes. this, I heard yes. is it Blood and Wine is really good. Is that the only one? Funny uh, DLCs. That's a DLC, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The DLC. I, Blood and Wine. DLC. I yeah, yeah. It is a DLC, but I don't know, Max. What do you think about Blood and Wine being the best DLC? I wouldn't say it is. I mean, I don't know if there's a DLC that can be classified as the mm, best DLC true. of all time. But mm. um, Blood and Wine was one of those DLCs added to a game where, again, it feels like they gave you another game or like half a game maybe yeah that's exactly. a, yeah. it's like a lot of content for a for lot of content it's a yeah. lot of content it's a lot of content i think blood and one is really good for people who've read the books like because oh. i've read the books when a, i can't say who when a certain character appeared i was like holy shit right you don't uh, but i don't but i feel like you don't have to the, the good oh, thing no, you about don't witcher have to, tree, absolutely. yeah the good thing about witcher tree is that you don't have to have read the books mm. yeah mm. Um, you can still enjoy it blood and wine's world is beautiful as well like it's so aesthetic Toussaint is so oh, beautiful man. like it's by far one of the best oh, but i would actually new... say i prefer the story of heart and stone better heart of stone sorry hearts of stone it's hearts so of stone, yeah. it's so good the hearts, hearts of stone, of stone, is, so hearts of stone is a really amazing story 
Uh, Blood and Wine is Blood and Wine is not too bad of a story, but there's a reason mm. why Blood and Wine is better for me, and that's because uh, if you knew me as a DM more, and you knew the kind of, uh, in terms of high fantasy, what kind of monsters I like, my favorite monster, ah. fantasy monster, is vampires. That's why. That's why Blood and Wine. That's why Blood right. and Wine wins. That's the only reason why Blood and Wine wins. Because blood. it's literally all about vampires. I mean, blood and wine. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, there's no way you can say blood and wine was bad. They're both very. No, they're very both. They're both excellent. DLC. It's they're insane excellent. how good the quality of the DLCs were for um, Witcher yeah. Three. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah, they were both basically standalone games. Like Hearts of Stone was, oh my god, man! It was just so good when it came out, and then it hit with blood and wine, which was equally, if not better. Personally, I prefer you know Hearts of Stone, but blood and wine, I can't fault it. I really can't fault it. Maybe you could say, oh, it's a bit, uh, I don't know, predictable, maybe, I don't know. But, and maybe the, <laughs> the sex scene was weaker, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, it is, the sex scene in that was terrible, okay? It was terrible. It was really bad. Which right? one did you like, better, T? Did you play them both? I, so I actually got into it recently during lockdown. Nice. Yeah. Um, I didn't finish Blood and Wine. I finished Hearts of Stone. Mm. Um, but I think I was just, I, I was played it for like four weeks back to, oh, not four weeks, three weeks back to back. And I think I got burnt out a bit before I could finish it. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah. I couldn't finish it. But I, honestly, it's, I, I, was, I was telling the guys this the other day is that I tried to play it on PC. And yeah. dropped it within half an hour because I just didn't feel, I didn't like how clunky it the was. But the moment I picked it up on a console, Console was really nice. I actually really enjoyed it on like the PS4 and shit. Mm. A console peasant. <laughs> <laughs> would you, but Max, would you say that Witcher Three is like your number one RPG of all time? Um, yes, actually, I would say so. I mean, there are a few that come close, like the others on the list, Mass Effect and Dragon Age mm. and everything. Uh-huh. But I do, I do think the most polished one does feel like it's Witcher Three. So Ooh. that's for sure. Spicy. Yeah. Would, would you try yeah. this game? No, you have to, uh, right? You won't. Right? It's just if you like um the storytelling aspect of FF, there's no way you won't like Witcher Three. Witcher Three mm-hmm. is so strong as a story, and then yeah. you throw in the characters, which are just as strong, and then you throw in the fact that okay, I will admit on PC the mechanics are pretty clunky, but it's fun. Like the fights are fun. The side of the the side quests are all unique. They're all there's no fast quests. There's no like run to Gridania fifty fucking times. You know, it's it's yep. good solid yep. side quests. There's really nothing you can fault about it apart yeah. from I would say the movement and the 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 fights. They are clunky as fuck sometimes. Like they're like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with the mechanics, bro? Like your horse like moves in the weirdest oh, like, diagonals and shit, and you're like, Honestly. what's happening? Why is Roach like that, bro? <laughs> the easiest way to do this, Ray, is like I'm generally not a huge RPG fan. Like I, I sort of just get bored halfway through because I feel like I'm like I can't be bothered. Mm. I basically pulled an all nighter on the first night I was playing The Witcher Three. It's really good. It's genuinely really good. It's just so it like, is. It's, yeah. Pretty good story, good fun, everything. And it's and it's still good even now. That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when you have time. When you have time. Um <laughs> next on the list, obviously, the the good old <laughs> FF14. Can 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 talk to Max without talking about FF14. I yeah. had to put it in the center, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I I think like a lot of people who played this game very recently, um, they really got into it because of the story. That's for sure. Uh, mm. I have a hot take. I have a hot take, and I know a lot of people won't agree with me. Oh, I'm ready. The I'm story, ready for it. Hit us. Hit us the story. 
The story is good. It's excellent, but it's not nearly as legendary as a lot of people. Oh my god! Yes. the The reason why the reason why people the reason why people think it's good is because I think they've just suffered too much from bad storytelling in games. Oh god! Okay. Yeah, and the other thing that I and the other thing that I think why it's good it's because uh they had the opportunity to set up a lot of the payoffs very very early on with their previous expansion so when you come to the mm. big payoff which is Shadowbringers yeah. and probably Endwalker then yeah. it really feels amazing but yeah. to be very honest if you look at the way that the story is written it's still good don't get me wrong but the reason mm. why it's not like legendary is because the only reason why it's good is because like you know the villain is well written the, the, the motives are well written and everything and I think again like I said gamers have just suffered from really bad writing <laughs> in gaming industry in general so when there's a really good villain they're just like oh my god but then you're like it's not the best villain it's just like it's just a well-written villain exactly. it's just a well-written villain that's all it's not like exactly. a legendary wow. villain the comparison yeah. finally my opinion that's what i are backed up by a proper <laughs> that's that's what I think. guys yeah. is not by himself this time i am yeah. dedicated no, I'm but don't get me wrong. Podcast. It is still, it is still very good. It is still yeah. very good. But it's yeah. not like as legendary as. My argument has always been that FF's uh, fourteen storyline is probably best of its class in terms of MMOs right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, right? that's for sure. That's, that's for Shadowlands. Sure. Yeah, hands down. Hands down. That's for sure. You put Shadowbringers versus Shadowlands. Oh my god, it's not a competition, right? <laughs> it's not even a competition. <laughs> it's not yeah. a competition. Yeah. MMOs wise, is really strong. But you want to stack it up against other RPGs. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's like not, it's, it's on the same fantastic. level. It's yeah, on the exactly. same level. Yeah, and that and that's what's always um annoyed me that my quote unquote hot take is such a hot take, but it's really just me being <laughs> like, wait, it's, it's all right. It's not that great. Like, yeah. so it's okay. That's all I'm saying. It's, and then people hate on me because of it. Yeah, like, nah, so... man. FF fourteen has the best story in the world and all that. And I'm like, <laughs> So okay, Max, then. we have a running we have a running joke in the podcast where guys is just a fucking antagonist and he just goes against. <laughs> he's just really I can see that. I can I can see that. I can I'm see. Really it. fucking not. All right. I I, I got vindicated by Max just right. Yeah, here. I wish you did vindicate who, him. No, no, no. Someone who loves SF14 as well. Someone who is a storyteller is literally agreeing with me. So I have all the rights in the world. Right? I am the. No. I'm so happy. <laughs> Max just messaged me that you paid him off, so I don't really oh, believe shit. you. Mm. Bro, you can't tell this on stream. Max, you being a paid actor. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do get paid to act, technically. So. Oh, man. Why, why no, you believe everything I say? But, but I do you believe 100% agree with that. Uh, and I think, to be fair, Ray agrees to an extent as well. Mm. He's just not as angry about it as me. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you don't understand, he doesn't get attacked for it as much as I like, Yeah, I know. Like, I know, no, I know. Man, it's the best. How dare you say I'm like it, okay, man. Whatever. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, when I said, um, what did I say, Ray? Recently, our oh, heavens what was predictable, bro. People jumped on me, and I'm like, it was predictable. <laughs> it's a fucking dragon story. What do you mean? <laughs> it had to be predictable right? for that. It, it, it's literally okay. No, I, I, I personally, there, there is a dragon killing village. There are dragons, and there's also. <laughs> You know, a religious church aspect to it. What could happen? Like, come on, man. Come on. Obviously, I don't. Just, I, you know, I don't mind if a story is predictable if the storytelling is good. It's good. Yeah. Okay, so I don't well. mind. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I heard. I'm just. I'm just trying to say. It. I'm just trying to say that the story is not as legendary as people think. Yes, that's all. I, I do. Yeah. It is good, though. It is good. There's. There's no way. It is good. It is very yeah. good. Yeah. It's just not like you know, fucking game changing. Is what I'm trying to say. Right, also, right. like. 
there, there are parts which genuinely infuriate me about it, and that's usually the like the JRPG uh, side tropes. of it, like, all like the, the tropes. tropes or the things yep. where you know, like the cutscenes are often fifty hours longer than they have to be, bro. And it's like what? It's like <laughs> it's like a genuine fifty minute cutscene of like one character walking, and you're like, what? Just what? Just get there, <laughs> you know? Like just show me after he gets there or whatever it is. And that that's what really frustrates me about it. And also that classic JRPG trope of like. Oh, but wait, there's a bigger monster. And that really infuriates me. Like, you know, I mean, I could name so many, but I don't really want to spoil it because there's a lot of new players into the FF. No, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, like, it's okay. You know what I'm talking about. I can describe, I'll say it right here, in Heaven's War, that, that annoying <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. It, it's it, okay. It, it, there's a drop and there's a hole, okay? You know what I'm talking about right now, okay? In uh, Stormblood, when someone comes back, and Shadowbringers, when someone comes back, that just yeah, infuriates yeah. me. You know, when someone dies, just kill them all. It's like Naruto all over again with pain raising everyone <laughs> up. They but that's that's more of a right. Japanese JRPG exactly, thing, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm saying that, like, just because it's a JRPG doesn't mean it has to follow those tropes because it's I know, breaking I know. so many, you know? It's breaking so many tropes. And it's such a good uh, MMO, such a good RPG. And then they do these things, and I'm just like, oh my fucking god, seriously? <laughs> like, this is annoying. It's just annoying. Uh, but team. enough about my rant. Raymond, yeah, there you, we go. Love, you, you love FF14 as well. Um, uh, what is you... I mean, like, Max, you, your favorite is obviously Shadowbringers, yeah? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah? And what about you, Ray? Shadowbringers is definitely the highlight. Especially especially what Max said. is like everything's built up and a lot of it was has been explained mm. in Shadowbringers as well. That's why like you feel like when you make your character, you get like invested in them, right? It's MMO. You invest in your character. And then to see them reach those points in the story is like was well, pretty pretty cool. I do like that that they in all the cutscenes you can see your like character and how they interact and like it's it feels personal almost in a way. It's like oh yeah, that's me, that's me. And like, I will <laughs> say though, I will my, say though, my, my I, <laughs> yeah, sorry, you go. While I enjoy Shadowbringer's story, the actual gameplay aspect of it, I prefer Endgame Stormblood, but that's just nice, me. Nice, nice. Because I, I think, I think, I think Stormblood's trials and Stormblood's dungeons and everything, and like the Alliance raid and all that, were a lot more interesting. Okay, actually, no, Alliance raid for Shadowbringers is still better, but the Endgame content, like the, the right. eight man raids, I think the eight man raids and the extremes and all that in Stormblood were better, at least for me. I feel like they simplified a lot of things in Shadowbringers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a thing that I'm still complaining to to this day, where I am always saying in Shadowbringers, like, all these new tanks, they wouldn't be able to tank if it's in Stormblood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, it's really different. Really different. I feel like people, they, they, they there is a tendency for gaming companies to do that, right? To almost, like, make it easier for new players. It's, it's good for them, because now they have an influx yeah. of players. Yeah, yeah, it's good for them in that regard. It's good for them in that but regard. The, fu- the funny thing is, we say that, but they still have to make it through ARR, HDOP, Stormblood, and then into Shadowbringers. So, like, it's they good, made yeah. the, the last one the easier one, but, like, yeah. you know, ARR is so hard to get through. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know what they're gonna do if they come up with a six or seven expansion because there's no way that people are gonna stay invested in it if they're starting if they have to start from AR again and finish like seven expansions just to get to like this content. I, I think they know. might be waiting for some sort of a way to do the like a like a transition like a... after that after this main arc ends in Endwalker. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like they, they will they will redo. World. Yeah. yeah, they might redo it or something. But we'll they might have done it with SDAP. I was sorry, uh, SHDAP actually. Right, yeah. Shadowbringers. Surely they could have. They it was like literally have. a new world. Yeah, they could but have. You know, but we'll, we'll it, it was it, a lot of it was tied to the previous. 
We'll see what happens when yeah. the time comes. Yeah. I'm sure we will. I'm, okay. I'm uh, sitting the, here. I'm sitting here. I think. Yeah. Dude, I'm it, sitting here thinking, how many fucking FF14s are there, my dude? Like, what? what so, FF14 is the MMO, right? See, so it's not a master. Yeah, yeah. The MMR, but there are, so 15, a lot of there are 15 Final Fantasies. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So the Final Fantasy franchise has 15 games. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. 14 in itself has how many? But 14. Games? 14 has. has like, wow. 14 has three expansions. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's yeah. Fun. Those like That's you know Burning Crusade. Rock yeah. 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 And yeah. the fourth one. The fourth right. one's on the way. Fourth one's yeah. coming, right. dropping like in November. So yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Spicy. So you better get started, T, so we can talk about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll start we this could, we could generally, like, we could literally create an entire podcast of fourteen as well. So oh, <laughs> there's just, just so much to talk about. It's <laughs> so just much be me being about. angry about it, bro. It's <laughs> just, just so me, much like, to talk about. Ranting about it. Um, before T falls asleep, uh, let's talk about Hades. <laughs> Hades is. I've I've said this in the previous podcast. Hades is definitely one of my top mentions as well. Hades is just. So mindlessly good, and Max Max himself introduced me to Hades, and he literally said to me, oh, really? "I've never, yeah, I've yeah. never, I've never had anyone tell me Hades was bad after I introduced it to them." Genuinely, yep. he said that to me, yeah. and I played it within the first day. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. It's fucking good. It's just so it is. Good. It is. What um, is it about Hades that you love so much?" I actually have never liked roguelikes, yeah. like actual rogue, like action roguelikes, until yeah. Hades. And yeah. I think, um, I don't know, I really don't know what is it about Hades, but I think it's just how customizable everything is. And also, I've always loved Supergiant's art style, so that's one thing. Yes, yes. Mm. And, and Greek mythology is another thing that pulled me in. And nice. I think, I think, And I think the thing that eventually made me stay, and I think Gaius knows this, and also made me get literally all the achievements there is to get in Hades, um, is because their storytelling is told in such a special way, mm. which is just... It's hidden throughout the gameplay, and you yeah. wouldn't, if you weren't really looking out specifically for it, you might not realize that they're actually telling you mm-hmm. parts of the story. And they do this with not just the main overarching story between Zagreus and Hades, but they do that with like every single other side yeah. character as well. And yeah. I think that's one thing that is like it's hidden so well and it's embedded so seamlessly into gameplay that I think it's it's worth a mention. Like this there's, there's barely any cutscenes, so to speak. There aren't any yeah. cutscenes actually. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's that's one really the, special it's thing. It's such really. a unique way of telling the story where you can literally get to end game, right? And then realize wow, that's not even not even 10%. No, no. Game. You know, no, you finish yeah. the game and you're like, oh my god, I haven't... You finish the game <laughs> once and you realize you like, yeah. that's where the game just started. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I have to finish it another 10 times to then get onto the stepping field of saying, I started the game. Like, it's yeah. such a yeah. big game. And yet, at the same time, it's not. It's really simple premise. You fight, you die, you fight, you die. And that's it literally is. it. it. That's all yeah, it, it is. is. But it's it's so mindlessly fun. And it's, it's one of those games where I feel like you can play without uh, being invested in a way max do you think so like you don't have to go really in depth you can just jump on oh, for play sure. an hour and then for sure back. no problem yeah for sure i have i have met the both kinds of players in hades i've met the really <laughs> hardcore kind that they go mm. for all the the strong builds and stuff and then i've also met the casual ones where it's like eh, i'll just take whatever and, and hope for the best yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and both both work. yeah exactly to be fair it's it's I, i've always said this it's the games that you don't really because ex- i don't know whether there was much mm. hype when hades came out but it's the games that you pick up and just end up being the best fucking game you ever played because there's no hype around it. It just makes the game ten times mm-hmm. better, in my opinion, at least. Yes, exactly. exactly. Which it's... to me is also kind of like what Darkest Dungeon is. Yeah, and Hollow Knight, oh, all those kind of games, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight was also a great so game. 
Hollow Knight yeah, is a great game. Super Giant does that so well, though. You know, like there should be hype about Super Giant games now, and there, there is, there is, Jesus Christ, and there, oh there God, is. I'm just gonna show me. Sorry. <laughs> and, there, and there is, right? There, there is that that kind of um hype about Super Giant because Super Giant has really made a name for itself. But I also feel like at the end of the day, we always will think of Super Giant as that indie company, right? Oh mm, yes, yeah, yeah. indies do this, do that, and yet they just churn out bangers, like just boom, boom, boom. Ever since uh, Bastion. It goes that was their first game. It all, it's just yeah, insane. They're all good. That was their first game. Yeah. Right? It goes bam, 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 bam. Everything's just good, 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 good. And yep. sadly, that's something not even AAAs can do. And they have all the money in the world. They have so I much money. I think that's because, I, I genuinely think that's because AAA games have um, kind of corporatized themselves. Yes. So they focus yeah. a bit too much on the money. And so their creative drive is gone. That's what I think, at least. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. It it, it it doesn't. It's not hard to figure it out when you see the seventh reskin cord. Yeah, yeah. Or the seventh exactly. reskin FIFA or the seventh reskin. And Assassin's Creed, anything, and right? Stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Creed, whatever. Exactly. Now let's talk about Kotor. I have not played Kotor. It's an MMO, is it not? Yes. No, Kotor. Well, the MMO is Swotor, which is Swotor. Right, right. But but Kotor, Kotor was Kotor was Knights of the Old Republic, which is the one that's getting a remake. That one was right. an old RPG. Wait, is, is this the oh, one no, that this not, one of this being remade? Right, the MM. Yeah, yeah. This MMO this is the one. This is the one that's being remade. Is it an MMO or not an MMO? No, it's RPG. Oh, it's not an MMO. It's an RPG. It's a single player RPG. And and I I I specifically want to highlight this because of Gaius. It's made by Bioware. Yes, yes. That's what I was going to say. Yes, yes. It's one of it's one of the original like first few RPGs that Bioware ever made. Bioware can do no wrong right now for me. Bioware, there is Andromeda, and there is Anthem. So Koto. Koto, <laughs> I think I think Koto was one of those that um was one also one of the first few RPGs mm. I ever played, which mm. then I think got oh, yeah, me into yeah. RPGs. So yeah, because it's, really it's really old. It's really exactly yeah. My older brother used to play this, and I was it's like, really what old. the fuck is going on? But it's Star Wars, and we all love Star Wars, so it's always like yeah, a yeah. in our blogs. Yeah. Um, oh, the characterization in here is also pretty good, and then again, Bioware does characters really well. And um, the story in general, the main story for this was actually really good because there is a very, very huge plot twist. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a very huge <laughs> plot twist that is. When I was playing it for the first time when I was young, I was like, "What the fuck?" My mind was blown. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm actually going to get a remaster. Then I'm actually going to get. Yeah. Remastered. So are they? Yeah, you are should. They you just, should. Yeah, yeah. They're just remastering, right? They're not changing anything. I. I don't know for sure, but yeah. Ooh, okay, spicy. Because like I guy, I was talking to guys about this now. Three by threes. It's just that I I would love to play the older games, but the graphics of the older yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, can't play yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition. I don't, Dragon Age um Origins anymore. It's like oh my god, oh my god. What am I looking at? <laughs> and of course, not it's to so mention, bad. it is Star Wars, so the universe is already set, and and yes. because of that, it's definitely a lot more interesting as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm gonna get it. 100%. But just 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 put it this way. So in Star Wars, in Kotor specifically, and and the er- and the era of Star Wars that I think most people who only watch the movies won't know about, they introduce a character in there again. Little bit of a spoiler, but it's Revan. His name is Revan, and I always tell people if you think that Darth Vader is iconic, wait till you see Revan. Oh, I did. I'm gonna. That's go. a big call. Because you said, Max, like, obviously, when as a, as a DM, you said you made your first one based on 
uh, what was it? Walker, Azeroth. Right? Azeroth. Azeroth, yeah. right. Did you use any other inspiration like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings? Did you pull from anything else? Well, when I created my own world, I started to pull from other sources. So hmm. that was when I, I stole some ideas from Azeroth. I stole some ideas from Pathfinder's world. I stole some ideas from Lord of the Rings and um, Warhammer and stuff. So, yeah. I I when I created Azeroth, of course, it, that was just based off Azeroth. But when I made right. my own world, like the one that I'm currently playing in, that's when it drew inspiration from a lot of different places. Like even Witcher has some inspiration in there. As well. Oh sure, just, yeah, of course. You just hit like three out of three of Tillich's most loved franchises: <laughs> Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Azeroth. What was the last one? Uh, Azeroth and. Warhammer, Warhammer, Warhammer yeah. yeah, like literally, yeah. Three, three of Tillich's love. Hundred percent, yeah, because you can't like, help it when yeah, you absolutely. It just happens. Like it's you don't like choose for it to be fucking added in. You're just like, oh, oh my god, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's so great. <laughs> it's it's a it's a big. I mean, I draw from a lot of well developed game mm. worlds and that's mm. why all those are in the list because as much as i know blizzard's fucking up wow and all that right now that's but as well. like, like well. the yeah. world the world is good the world mm. and the setting is good it's just a story that isn't but yeah right, yeah. right. amen brother amen all yep. right let's let's get to the last one the last one on the list dragon <laughs> age inquisition now why inquisition over the others okay um i like the Dragon Age series in general, like all of them. Mm-hmm. I put Inquisition here because I think I had the most fun with Inquisition. Okay. But if, you, if you're talking about stories and all that, it might not just be Inquisition. Yeah. 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 But I, oh. I definitely feel I definitely feel like Inquisition, well, I think guys knows this. I kind of like open world games as well. Yeah. And Inquisition yeah. was definitely the most open world. Absolutely. And um, Inquisition had a lot more to it, in my opinion, that I liked. But I, at the same time, there was also stuff that I didn't like. Yeah. But for yeah. example, Inquisition, I really enjoyed the dragon fights. The dragon fights were amazing. Yes, yes. The dragon fights were amazing. The story wasn't too bad, to be honest. And um, But the characterization was a little weak, I must admit. Yeah, I and do I think, find the character yeah. development very good. And, and I think the characterization and the actual big storylines the other games did it better mm-hmm. but uh inquisition has a lot going for it in my opinion i put inquisition yeah. there i know but but genuinely i just meant like just dragon, dragon age yeah, yeah just dragon age, dragon age. Yeah. Yeah. guys so you number two was your favorite i like two more um personally because i like the, the i guess the difference that the key difference i guess between me max and i right we both love story we both love a good a good rpg but I am very, very heavy into like if you have good character development, that almost like wins a good story for mm. me. And maybe mm-hmm. this is the opposite. I, I think that's probably the case. For me too, had much stronger characters, much more beloved characters, much no, stronger true. development. And in yep. Inquisition, I felt like to be honest, in Inquisition, you could kill off half of the characters. I'm like, okay, whatever, right? In mm. in two, I wouldn't lose a single character. I'll be like, nah, they're oh, all wow. they're all surviving with me. I fucking love. But I think I think Inquisition kind of suffers a little bit from what Mass Effect suffers. Mass Effect Three suffers from, which is yes. that a lot of their characters are already established by then. Yeah, and they just bring them back, so they don't have to build on the characters. So for new players who, let's say, they just play Inquisition without prior knowledge, they would feel that some characters fall flat. Because actually, mm. the, the the character growth is already done in the previous mm. games, and and I think this is a problem with just a lot of games in general where there's like more than one game that is like spanning the entire thing. Yeah, mm. Mm. It, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to get into a, a base at one of the games out of a long series where they've really built up like ten years of yeah. like love for the characters. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that being said, though, it's not exactly like Mass Effect because Inquisition, the standalone versus Mass Effect Three, which had started, you know, from one, obviously. Well, uh, actually, all the Dragon Age games are standalone, so. 
Yeah, exactly, Te- exactly. Oh, so they're not like okay. No, okay, okay, no yeah. they they are with cameos from like. They have you know, a yeah. It's, it's they have to... an overarching storyline that I would mm. say is semi-connected, but the main character mm. for each game changes, yeah. which is why I think you don't uh, have as much attachment to exactly, it as like Shepard. Exactly. For right, right, right. Shepard, gotcha. Shepard spends all games, so yeah, she- you you love Shepard, you love the characters who like fight. You love Shepard your Shepard specifically. Yeah, you love your Shepard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The the cool thing though I will say about Inquisition is seeing the old like your Hawk um, from DA two returning. They all uh, come back, he- yeah. Yeah, hearing about your Warden from DA one, so like that it's still linked in the sense that you do get to see your character that you made from um, DA two, which is awesome because you're like, holy shit, that's my that's that's me, that's my character, you know, that's my Hawk. Oh um, shit! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he returns and shit, and then he fights with you for a bit and blah blah blah. And I think that's that's what Inquisition did really well in terms of like that. Um, awe factor you know like fighting the, the dragons how beautiful it looks how like you see your cameos you see oregon and dai is so hot yeah like, i think i think the reason why there's <laughs> that 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 semi-connected story in, in dragon age what i mean by that is that the choices that you make in the first few games yes, still carry yeah. over to the last yes, one even yes. though it's not a full big overarching yes. story like mass effect yeah I I think I do think though I I, I have to agree with Max that in terms of like let's say it was a standalone game right if I was just going to pick one of like let's say I was going to recommend it to one because Inquisition by far Inquisition is almost like it has everything you know you 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 yeah. have your your you have your god complex character who's basically the fucking Goku of the world uh, <laughs> you have your dragon fights you have your open world you have your different like um, areas of the open world where they all are aesthetic as hell. You have your, um, you know, pretty strong cast of characters, uh, varied cast of characters. You have, you just have everything to it. And Inquisition is a really good game. Um, mm, yeah. I just did. A, I mean, I just like to. I remember it's it's sad though because I remember leading up to it, and I think you pre-ordered it. And the week leading up to it, you were so fucking excited. You were like, blah, 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 and you were just buzzing to fucking play it. And then you weren't very happy with the end result, were you? I uh, when I when I finally got it, I got it on the PS3, and the PS3 quality for the Inquisition was not amazing. So I yeah. instantly got the PS4 for it. And when I play on PS4, it's like worlds apart, bro. Like honestly, it's like uh, it's like playing with like Nvidia. Sorry, it's like playing with a GeForce graphics card versus Intel HD graphics, right? It's <laughs> oh, completely okay. different. Yeah, yeah. It's so different. It's like oh my god, there's textures. What? <laughs> it's not just like the armor is not just blobs, you know. Um, so I got a PS4 for it, and then I yeah I finished it and stuff. But I will say Inquisition is made stronger by its DLCs. Like yeah, oh, that's wow. true. the, the DLCs that's make true. it a billion times stronger. Like honestly, it's a base game. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. Um, then you get like Trespasser DLC and all that. And then, oh my god, it changes it completely. <laughs> Trespasser so is basically Trespasser yeah. the Dragon Age version of Citadel. Yeah, it, it's it's so good. It's, okay. I would. I mean, you know how highly I speak about Witcher 3's DLCs, right? I will honestly put Citadel and Trespasser on the same level as their DLCs. Yeah. Because they are yeah. that good. They are really that good. And it's very rare for me to like DLCs because, like you said, T, they're usually money grabs, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, no, Trespasser just brings the game to a different level. Citadel for ME3 is by far the best of the whole series. Um, and so, yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. I think it, it was made better with the DLCs uh, when I played them. So, yeah. It, it got better, basically, is what I'm it's saying. Than, yeah, yeah it's, it's really good, bro. The there is actually another... Is really, really good. There is, there is another DLC in Inquisition. I cannot remember the name yeah, of it. But, but, but there is one that was usually overlooked because of Trespasser. The, where it's the, the one dragon that they go one, down. right? Oh. No, no, no. The one that they go down into the deep roads. 
um, oh, the, in, yes. the Inquisition. That one, that one is actually also really good because from a law perspective, from a world really law cool. perspective, yeah. they actually exploded one. They basically took what you knew, knew of a single part of the world law and they kind of threw it out the window and they yeah. were like, here's yeah. what it actually is. That also kind of blew my mind and they actually did that with Inquisition a lot and that was one thing I liked about it in terms of storytelling where they took what you already knew established from the previous two games and they they didn't just throw it out like 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 uh they didn't rewrite it like the way blizzard did where they are just like oh we just we just made it non-canon or whatever they actually had a proper explanation to be like this is why it's been misunderstood this is the real thing and that's why it's kind of like how it's like it's kind of like what they did with like the asians in shadowbringers so because of that there was an aspect of like whoa okay now you're talking Yeah. yeah Yeah, no, I I actually do know exactly what you're talking about. The that that is that well, it was a second DLC, wasn't it? The, the second first, one, yeah, the the, second the one. deep roads one, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Now it's I can't it's remember what it's called, but yeah, now. it's really yeah, good. No. Isn't but... it called deep roads? No, 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 I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it's the descent. There we go. Ah, uh, yes, the descent. Yeah. yeah, no, it is. It is really good. I mean, if if you guys have never played um the D, this, uh, Dragon Age series, try Inquisition. It's really good. Yeah, this with, is what I mean. Because like, I, I've been a bit quiet for like most of the three by three because a lot of RPGs, which I said initially, I don't really like. But like, yeah. Inquisition stuff, I've seen a bit of it, and I might actually pick it up since I have fucking two weeks now. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say a lot of Inqu- there are parts of Inquisition which feel needlessly like draggy. Like yeah, no, that's for sure. That's hundred percent. Just there are certain areas in the world that you don't yeah. actually need to be there either. <laughs> we know which one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there are a few. So I, I know what you mean. Some of them are just yeah. dead kind of for the sake of making the world bigger. Exactly, for making the world necessary. bigger. Yeah, and yeah no, really so I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, they're, they're, yeah, but I, I would say it's like probably the, not the easiest, um, but one of the best DAs to get into right now because graphics are decent still, you know, it's not That's like DA1 exactly. or DA, DA2 graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's open world, which is basically what all games are these days. So, like, yeah, go for it. It's, it's, it's a good <laughs> game, bro. I can't, I actually, I can't fold it just because it's not my nine by nine, like three by three. It's really good. It's a really good game. Damn. Okay, any, yeah. Um, yeah, any kind of uh, honorable mentions, Max, that you yeah, want to Honorable mentions. Squeeze. Uh, Hollow Knight. That's one. Of course, man. Hollow, Knight, Hollow Knight's amazing. Uh, what well, else do I have? Also, actually, Hollow Knight. If we do do a music three by three, Hollow Knight's number. Oh, one. Hollow Knight I is definitely in there. Hollow Knight's uh, definitely in there. Yeah. There's there's like a YouTube video on this guy who like is a, like a really famous composer and he analyzes the music and he talks about. I know like, the one. The different... I know the oh one. Oh my god, I fucking loved it. But yeah, sorry, carry on, carry on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Warhammer 40k, the original Don War. The original Don War. Everyone play, everyone play. Well done, well done. What a tall. What race, though, Max? What race? I always liked Necrons and Tyranids. Oh, okay. I, I could have said that. Tyranids, said that. Awesome. Tyranids <laughs> went in the game, though. No, but there is a Tyranid mod for it, which is amazing. Tyranids yeah. is sick. Wait, T, yeah, what do you play then? I'm I'm basic as fuck now. Space Marines. Get out of here! What are you? What's wrong with you? You have races in the world and you choose humans? Like what? Dude. What? It's just it's the attachment from Dawn of War, man. It's just I so played, fucking good. I played I played the towel. Because yeah, the towel, the towel would be pretty good the too. Tau. Yeah, I was towel and like. It was, it, so, the, the I like the Necrons. They're so like they're not similar, but it's like oh yeah, they're playing. I like Necrons and, and, and Sisters of Battle. So 
This is a better one. This is a better one. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Dark Space Marines are crack. Uh, let's see, what other games do I have that I... Oh, I, I was kind of considering putting in Civ just because of the amount of time I put in Civ. Wait, what? Mm. Civilizations. Oh, Civilizations, of course. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just put so much time in a fucking game. Civ is such a long game, man. You never start the game of Civ if you have to go somewhere. Because yeah, 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 you just... <laughs> you just like 10 hours stop. gone. <laughs> it's not just 10 hours, it's like 24 hours mm. gone. The next thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I think there's probably like one or two more. I was considering if I wanted to put in Fire Emblem Tree Houses because that one wasn't that bad. Yeah. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I was like, classic. Eh, eh. Seven remake. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't do the FF Seven in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so uh, not cliche. I mean, like, so I I don't think I don't think I should put in FF Seven also because the remake is not technically done yet. Let me just. That's why I was like, yeah, let's just leave that one out. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair so that's, that's, that's pretty much it, I think. Nah, I don't this think is, I have uh, I love this yeah. 3 by 3 It's a very strong 3 by 3 I just love finding out about like classic ones that you just didn't think about that definitely are like hit yeah. close to home. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like, games you forget and stuff. Yeah. And Donald Wall is still one of my best games out there. Honestly. Amen. I, I still I really like it. I mean, yeah. Donald was so good. The, I mean, Donald like talking about good. that, T, to be honest, when I when I was doing my, I was like, should I put the AC um, thing in there? And like, it wasn't that I forgot about it. I was so kind of like uh, disillusioned by the more recent ones that I could, I like basically was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, Ezio yeah, Arc, right? Because Ezio Arc is so strong. But then Amen. everything after that was so bad. So like, I oh. was like, oh, AC, write it off. You know what I mean? Speaking, speaking of storytelling, there is one honorable mention, just one specific one. Bioshock oh, Infinite. here we go. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yes. Infinite? Yes. Do you like yes. Infinite? Yes. Does it yes. Like only, Infinite only more than... Infinite. Only Infinite. You don't like Rapture? Oh, you don't like the OG3? Well, no, no, wait. I mean... I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I'm just saying that if you really want from a storytelling perspective, it would be Infinite. Infinite yeah. storytelling is so good. I thought, yeah, I thought the so original good. was better. You just, like, want, you just want to talk about <laughs> daddy, Raymond! No, it's... <laughs> Rapture's not bad, don't get me wrong, Rapture's not bad. Red, the whole idea, like, I, I you, do... You do like, you love the Rapture, don't you, Ray? You love yeah, the Rapture. It, it was it, actually yeah. scary compared to yeah. Infinite. Yeah. That is but true. I guess Infinite yeah. wasn't made to be scary, maybe. Like, Infinite that, wasn't made to be scary, thing, right? Yeah, yeah Infinite I mean, wasn't made to it, be scary. It's, it's like, it's like comparing, like, Dead Space with, like, I don't know, Assassin's Creed or, like, Spyro and being like, Spyro wasn't scary, but it wasn't kind of, like, made for it. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know which one I prefer. I do like Infinite more because it's more aesthetic and like you know it's it's like nicer. But Rapture is fucking sick. I actually Rapture is yeah, Rapture's Rapture fucking is cool. sick, bro. Rapture's great. Like there is uh, a fear of like when you're going in and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm never making up. There's like the in, in, innate fear of like drowning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh my god, this is fucking scary. <laughs> it's not just drowning. It's also because like the the actual characterizations, like the big mm. daddies and the little sisters, are oh all my god, the little sisters terrifying. are terrifying. They are terrifying. The spices as well. Oh yeah, the spices as well. Yeah, they're they're fucking terrifying. Man, I want to. I kind of want to play a lot of these games again. Man. There <laughs> are a few more that now them now them scrolling down my my Steam list. I kind of realized that there might be a few more. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you mean. Like after that, yeah. when I scroll on my Steam, I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot to talk about this. I forgot to talk about that." There's so mm-hmm. many good games out there. Well, Nathan's such a great like. I mean, can you imagine if we were like I don't know, forty years earlier, we only have like Doom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there would be there would be there would be many there would be many games up there. We made <laughs> choices. Quake. But then again, you you will be able to relieve the first time you play like, I don't know Starcraft One. 
and you're so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Starcraft, Sarah was, Starcraft was one of them. Yeah. yeah, man, come on. Starcraft was my honorable mention. Who was that Protoss who um was like a god who started as a zealot and then like... Phoenix. Phoenix. Yes, Phoenix. Come on. He was so cool. And then you, you see how the <laughs> brood queen... Oh my god, so good. Starcraft was so good. Okay, last oh. mention. Last mention. Yes. Saint <laughs> What? Saints Row. Saints Row? Really? I love Saints Row. Last game, I thought you would talk about my Well, Saints Row is more of just like my stupid fun. fun. Yeah, it's just stupid fun. It's just stupid fun. That's all it is. Because 1 and 2 was more like GTA and 3 was like Yeah, yeah. And then 3 and 4 were just stupid fun. Yeah, yeah. I think Ray and I had one of the funniest sessions on Saints Row. I will, yeah, I can agree with that. We like, I've never laughed so hard as I did when we played Saints Row and just fucked around. Like, nothing. It wasn't even anything. It was just everything was funny about it. It was just mm. a stupid game. No, Saints Row is fun. Saints Row is really, really fun. But yeah. I do I do still stand by the fact that I never thought you would say Saints Row. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? No, no, I know. I know. That that's uh, that would probably one of the more. I, I guess I guess even um, Dungeon Masters need a good game, like a chill game. Well, it is it is it is good to play Saints Row to know how to do over the top stupid shit in case it needs to happen in game because sometimes <laughs> players do think of stupid shit and then yeah, if, you, yeah. if you if you play Saints Row, you know how to describe it to them in that comical way that they want yeah. you to. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I have a rogue question. What is, what what's your thoughts on God of War, Max? The PS4 one? Um, well, we can go the original the series as well as the 2018 one. Okay, the, the PS4 one is the one that I haven't really played yet. I want to, oh. I haven't really played yet. Yeah. And the the beginning, the beginning, the ones that the, the early ones, the PS3 yeah. and PS2 ones, those were just, they, those were also kind of like mindless fun because they yeah. just hack and slash and killing away. The story wasn't really important. I have, I heard good things about the PS4 one. I have mm. yet to play it. And when I, I think when I first started to play, to play that one, I was not in the right state of mind. So the no, so the yeah, beginning yeah. the beginning did feel a bit too slow for me. So I want to try it again. I just Fair haven't enough. had the time. Yeah, okay. I just haven't had the time. If you if you give me the address, I'll ship over my PS4 and God of War for you. <laughs> no, no, I have it. I, I have a PS4 and God of War. Oh, I just okay. haven't had the time. I just <laughs> haven't had the time. That's all. Yeah, I just Let just wants time. people to back him up. <laughs> no, no, no! It, it's a game that I don't like. God of War. No, no, it's, no, no, a, no. it's a game that I want to play because my girlfriend also speaks quite highly of it. So I do want to play it. I just wow. haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's it's it's. But you're absolutely right. If you're not in the right mindset, it's a very weird game to play if you're not ready. Which for is that why, game. yeah, which is why the first few times I tried it, I couldn't. So I want to wait till I feel like it, and then I will play when it, you, and then I'll probably enjoy it as well. And you're like craving yeah. it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I think we're about close to the two-hour mark. We're probably a bit over. Uh, mm, before we wrap up this podcast, Max, please shout out your socials. Please shout out your store so that our um, listeners can, you know, find oh, you. Well, or find if, your you are, if you're from Singapore, please go visit Table Minis, T-A-B-L-E, Table and Minis, as in miniatures, M-I-N-I-S. Uh, that's where I run my professional DM games. That's where you can also have your first taste of D&D if you want to play it. Uh, my own socials, I have a Dungeon Master Instagram. Uh, don't really mm. update it as much nowadays, but that's just Dungeon Master Maximilian. So mm-hmm. then Dungeon nice. Master and then M-A-X-I-M-I-L-I-N. That's my name. Yep. And yep. then nice. if you want to follow me on the personal one, you can't, so don't try. Don't be a creep. Don't be a creep. If you want to do Twitter...
Max. Oh, oh. oh he's gone. Oh. <laughs> we lost Max. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we it's lost right. Max. We'll see if he comes back. <laughs> he insulted everyone. <laughs> it's because uh, you, you, you know we're wrapping up anyway. So that's Dungeon Master Maximilian. Um, I don't really think he uses Twitter much, but I will link it into in yeah. our. We'll attach um, your socials. Yeah, we'll attach your socials. Hey, welcome back, Max. Um, I'm welcome just back. saying that I'll attach your Twitter into our socials. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We'll tag uh, you in it. Twitter is just Max Tadashi. M A X T A D A S H I I. Yeah. Yep. Right. Perfect. So we'll we'll, take, we'll we'll put all these into our uh, um you know, yes, our yes, Twitter yes, yes. and we'll put it in the description and everything as well. So if you ever want to check Max out, um just click in the description below and it'll bring you right towards him. Oh nice. I eventually, I eventually want to create like a Discord for my own world and stuff, but we'll see how that goes. That would be cool. Yeah, you should do that. Be cool. Cool. Yeah. And then we can play more games. All right. Um, so on that, I think we should probably wrap up this podcast before we hit into the three-hour mark. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, Max, so much for coming. Yeah, yeah uh, thank we, you. Welcome, we, are, very welcome. we are incredibly excited for, very the, for what, two, two, the next episode, two weeks from now. We yeah. are actually going to be playing TNT. So stay tuned because there's going to be some shenanigans that will be going down. I guarantee it. Um, we'll be testing Max's Dungeon Master skills to the limit. No, we'll be <laughs> fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, we're, 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 I'm pretty sure we'll be pushing Max to the limits of degeneracy. Not only limits as a Dungeon Master, just degeneracy. <laughs> um, I mean, let's be honest, Ray's probably going to get naked within the first play. I don't know why. He just will. It's what's going to happen. So expect a lot of nudity, a lot of swearing, and a lot of fucking top fun. But do stay tuned for the next episode. Please follow us on all our socials. Raymond, you want to take us away with that? Yep. So um, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Twitter, that's at uh, Pod, And on YouTube as well. Those can be all found on our home site. That's anchor.fm slash Like anchor, like the ship anchor. Uh, and you can find us all on that. Give us a like, follow, and subscribe to keep up a date with our latest um, tweets, our latest hot takes in our latest episode so you don't miss a single one um that's about it in that regard T, you got anything to say no that's that's fantastic wrapping up yeah cool what's yeah. next for our listeners play D&D and... man that's all I can play say man play D&D and we'll convince you the full way oh, play right. D&D. thank you for listening everybody <laughs> thank you we'll see you later see you guys see you